What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 217. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by a cast of characters and Mr. Joseph Moran, host of The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, filling in for Dan, who is on vacation this week. What's happening, my friend? Uh, you know what? I'm doing all right. And I, 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 you know what? What we should have done was not even say, like, it's Joe or whatever. We should have just stuck with I'm Dan. <laughs> just switch the uh, background up right now. You're just Dan this week. Exactly. I'm just Dan. There we go. All right. There if you're going to audition for the part of Thank Dan, you. Can, I, can I see what it sounds like when you talk about Hitman 3 while eating a full three-course meal on the show? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a chicken drumstick. Yeah. I don't yeah, have the lazy board to do it. But... Joe, are you qualified? Can you handle it? All right. One of these open things that has quote Dan uh, <laughs> in the corner. So whenever Dan's gone, it's just you're Dan. Yeah. You're Dan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I've been I've been down the rabbit hole of the Last of Us remake uh, for the Lovely. past like day and a half. So I'm a little depressed. <laughs> but other than that, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having it's me. It's a happy-go-lucky game and and story. I don't know how it any is, of that could uh, could make you somber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like the, the yeah I'm like the depressed uh, uh like like guy on the bench you know looking at a sandwich. That's what I am right now. <laughs> What's so funny because the reviews for Last of Us is like, yes, I think what we really needed was more facial fidelity for the Sarah scene. Yep, that's what mm-hmm. I was looking for out of my gaming experience. That scene. Yep. So I, I I started playing the other day and I only got to pass the opening and in the beginning area, but that scene, yeah, it it hit me harder than ever. I was like, oh man, like this game. So well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will for sure. We got a lot to talk about with The Last of Us. Um, <laughs> as always, the Hoke himself, host of Virtual Legality and Lawyers and Dragons, which continues. It's Saturday ex- Escapades. I can't speak this morning. It does. One of our biggest shows of the whole season yesterday. At least people seem to like it. So we've got about double the size as we have on uh, prior episodes. Yes. So go check that out if you want to uh, see a courtroom battle in Dungeons and Dragons with five real lawyers. Uh, chatting about things. Uh, otherwise, uh, much to chat, chat chagrin, I do have to tell you uh, that uh, the the rumors of my not wearing pants on stream have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> I don't know where those Except started. for Big Cass. What's up? I don't know where those started. Those rumors. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they started either, Travis. I can read the <laughs> chat too, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing pants. Look. I was told to give chat a reason why we weren't starting. I thought of my feet. It was the, what was the most realistic thing I could come up with? Like, Listen, I'm Donald ducking it. You know, Ains told me that pants were optional. Does right, it look so like I, cho- I seem to have chosen the we wrong panelist. See. Yeah. We can't see. You just don't want to put like a floor level mirror behind your camera shot. And we're all good. This yeah. is going to be an episode, apparently. <laughs> and of course... The Thai guy, Travis, himself, our newly, freshly engaged Travis. Good morning, sir. That's right. McClunky, uh, I am also Donald ducking it this week, which is not a verb that I knew about, but I don't mean it in the way Joe does, I'm sure, uh, because I'm playing a Disney game that I assume Donald Duck is in, so different. But it's the same, also. You assume oh, congratulations. Oh, are you, are you you playing some Dreamlight, whatever the hell it's called? All I'm right, reviewing Time. Dreamlight Valley, my friend. I'm playing. You that, got the uh, review for Dreamlight Valley. It strikes me 
that what is your relationship with the Disney brand, Travis? Oh, it's great. I watched my first Disney film when I was 20 years old. Um, I uh... <laughs> this strikes me as part of our review conversation. And it, and it was a Star Wars, and it was a Star Wars movie. What no, I, I actually, I had a conversation with with uh, Stapleton about this because I was like, "Are you sure? I <laughs> I don't have Disney in my portfolio." And he, we talk about it, so we came to an, an understanding. But uh, all right, because I would my say, good news is, yeah, no, I, I don't mean to jump on you because we've talked about this in reviews. You don't seem like the target audience. You don't seem to have a you know built in love of Disney. Um, this is one of those where I would say, okay, whatever Travis throws at this game is probably not what my daughters would throw at it would be my guess. Yeah, that's pro you're, you're probably fair, but here's the, here's the thing, Hogue. One, I actually love, uh, animal crossing light games and this okay. is that. So I'll be judging it purely from a mechanical type of game. It's basically Disney animal crossing is the idea. Right, well, we just favorite. got Ooblets. We're playing Ooblets yeah. right now, which is animal crossing yes. Pokemon. And two, I have a consultant. Uh, with me at all times during this review who at this point has played the game more than me that is of course my fiance yeah who is a fanatic about disney and okay. is serving as my uh consultant throughout the experience to explain you know characters or references i might not get and so uh it's a pretty foolproof system i think at this point okay um, okay yeah. good it yeah. takes two but we've we've got it going so it's actually quite well good played. well played it's quite good it's trailers look nice yeah interesting game loft knows how to sell you microtransactions look they're they're good to go <laughs> I, I suspect this game will make a lot of money in microtransactions if uh, my experience is any indication. after the trailer of just the microtransactions on like the three different versions you can buy yeah anyway yep yeah it makes sense <laughs> well before we jump into what we're currently playing because i've got to unleash hogue on this game that he's been talking about so uh candidly this week uh, i just want to mention uh as i have the past few episodes that we are very very near our goal of a uh, hundred five-star reviews on spotify we are up to 96 so if you are a new listener or haven't taken just the 30 seconds it takes to give us a review you could swing over and do that we would greatly appreciate you it does help us climb the rankings to try and catch worse shows like the trophy room you know what i mean it whoa would be a and that's a distant <laughs> sucker by the way bud so have fun with that <laughs> but uh as joe will, will preach here, to you, you versus <laughs> it does uh it does help uh creators like us out uh so uh yeah we would greatly appreciate that but Let's jump over to what we're currently playing because there's a little game that came out this week that I hear is probably a, a six, six and a half, maybe something like that, that uh, Hogue is preaching about as uh, game of the year, which means six and a half, maybe generous. Travis, I don't know, maybe five and a half. Yeah, we'll um, I believe uh, I believe we called them the meh. That was the yeah, closest that was I've gotten category. to wearing on this show in a long time. Man. <laughs> the meh category. But in all seriousness, uh, Immortality uh, released... Uh, this week, it is also on Game Pass, and it has taken uh, conversation by storm for a lot of people, with many like Hogue saying that this is an immediate Game of the Year contender and one of the best kind of, uh, well, I'll let you I'll let you say, because I've only played it for about 20 minutes. I didn't get very far at all. So, Hogue, <laughs> let us be good enough. <laughs> no. So let us know. I didn't even know what was going on, to be honest yep. with you. So yep. uh, let us know why this game is so special. So Immortality is a game by an individual by the name of Sam Barlow, who you might recognize or you might not. He kind of got a little bit famous for writing a Silent Hill game called Shattered Memories. 
which wasn't great to play, but had a really interesting storyline. He then advanced into making a game that was nominated for some Game of the Year awards, and it was effectively, looking back on his career, the prototype for immortality, and that is a game called Her Story, which you might be a little bit more familiar with. And if you're not, I think you can get it for like $5 on Steam or or wherever you might otherwise want to play it. And that game was about you basically being someone with access to a police detective's library and being able to type in keywords that would be in the script of what these people said and put together clips to figure out what this story was, what her story was. Uh, And it was very, very popular because it was an interesting way to engage your mind in solving a puzzle without any puzzly elements, right? You're not solving combination locks. You're not moving boxes around. You're not doing those things. You're literally in a story puzzle and putting this thing together. Well, a few years later, and one game that I didn't like quite as much called Telling Lies, where it got a little bit too celebrity focused and not as interesting as her story. Um, a game by the name of Immortality was being discussed. I think it was actually called Project Ambrosio um, pretty early on, but I follow Sam's career and, and we interact occasionally uh, on Twitter. Uh, and uh, this game is effectively, I'll just say it on the surface level, uh, a game where you have access to a archive of movie footage and behind the scenes footage from three movies, one in the 60s, one in the 70s, and one in the 90s, all starring an actress by the name of Marissa Marcel, uh, who never actually released a movie. None of these movies got released. And the ostensible reasoning behind you looking at this is whatever happened to Marissa Marcel. Now, there is one improvement I would make to this game. It's very minor. On the main screen, there is an about page. I don't know about you guys. I always skip about. I assume that's going to be like a biography of Sam or like here's the here's the team that made it. That's credits. The about page is actually the mission statement for the game. It's it's who Marissa is. It's what these movies are. It's why there's an archive. <laughs> mm. uh, so I would have probably made that a mandatory first screen uh, as you as you enter into the game, where when you start, you get one clip. You get a clip of basically a Johnny Carson type show appearance of Marissa Marcel in 1969. And yes, I remember all of this because I have been playing Immortality basically nonstop since it came out on Tuesday. And then what you have as gameplay is at any given time, you can stop the screen. And instead of using keywords like her story and telling lies did, it uses a fully visual interface. So if you see a potted plant, you can click on the potted plant and then it will link you to some other clip somewhere in the archive that has a potted plant or a ladder or a microphone or Marissa's face or the guy that's interviewing her face. And you go through that and like a fever dream, you start to bounce around three different eras and three different movies and three different sets of video clips, all of which, and this is part of why it's so great, are like impeccable in terms of presenting both the movies in the 60s style, the 70s style, and the 90s style, and then also kind of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, one of the things that this game is really, really interested in, uh, and I, I have to like stop at this level to really let you enjoy immortality yourself for the most part, is the nature of making movies, right? It's interested in stories, it's interested in other things, but it's really interested in like movies. So everything that you get as a clip is essentially how it would have been taped. It's essentially the assembly cut version uh, for a director and an editor to put a movie together. So you get the slates, you get commentary, you get to hear them trying to tell them to change their face shape or whatever while they're live. Uh, they, t- they talk about series and all these things. Uh, and that's fantastic in and of itself. But underneath that is the story of Marissa Marcel, 
underneath that is a different story. And underneath that is yet another story. Um, and so it is a very layered examination of storytelling, of movie making, of immortality. I'll just say that. And it is one of the best written things that gaming has ever, ever made. Uh, and it is amazing, and it is going to be on my top games of the year, and I'm going to fight anyone on it being as great as it is. So, so let is me it okay? Ask, <laughs> I, I am so unbelievably amazed at this project and what this team that made these things has done and written with the layered... It is... It is like a if you're in a great lits course and you're reading the the master craftsman or craftswoman writing these things, it, it is to me a sea change in game writing. It is uh, worthy of literature or, or movies or whatever else you can think of that's that's well written. So let me ask this because <clears throat> after your comments, right? I, I had already downloaded it. I turned it on, and to your point, you get this um, like Johnny Carson style mm -hmm. interview clip at the start. It gives you a very, very brief introduction on how the controls work, um, and then you're you're left to fend off, you know, to, to to go off. And I I did what you you know you click on another clip and it takes you to a random clip in a different era, different point in time. And I did that about two or three times. And I got to be completely honest with you. Now let me let me be clear. I wasn't really focused on it. I need to sit down and truly focus on it. But I was like, I I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Like I'm not sure. Am I supposed to be piecing together things? Or is it does it supposed to jump around? What am I trying to discover? Um, and maybe like said, that'll become that about page. I would put that about page as a mandatory first page. Like okay. if I were in charge, I think it helps ground you as to what you're looking at. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I need to sit down with more time with it. I'm, you're not the only one. I've heard uh, several others on my Twitter feed or tens of others say how uh, amazing this is and that it has some uh, moments in it as you progress that'll kind of either shock you or really take you aback at how they're delivered. So uh, I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, yes. So there's a lot of things that they do are are very subtle um, and they get less subtle as you figure things out. It has this, you know, when you're in a puzzle game or you're watching a mystery or reading a mystery or something that you really enjoy and pieces fall into place. One of the games that I like to talk about with this is 13 Sentinels, which is one of my favorite games of the last few years that has you constantly feel unmoored and like you don't understand what's going on. And it's just so wild and wacky. And then like the pieces, the tumblers fall into place. And if it's well written, if it's well thought about, it all works. And you know what it looks like to be bad writing versus good writing when they're just throwing out mysteries and it's J.J. Abrams lost. And why is there an eyeball? I don't know. Uh, and when it works, when it's really well thought out, um, it's just amazing. And what immortality does so well is you constantly think you've got it and you don't. Um, and then with that, as part of everything, at the surface level, everything is still awesome. The movies themselves are fully made, basically, three of them. Um, and while I wouldn't necessarily characterize them as Oscar winners themselves, uh, they are very much of the period in which they've made, including like the, the 60 stuff appears to be filmed, like on film uh, with a different aspect ratio. It gives you the feel of watching those kinds of movies. You can think of movies you've seen that look like that, that play like that. Same with the 70s, which is more of a detective movie. Uh, in the 90s is what I would call, I don't know, like a suspense erotic thriller type thing. Um, you know the type. Uh, and it's it's fantastic. I, 
I couldn't say more about it. And unfortunately, like some of the stuff that I love the most is like that is spoiler cast. Like it's all the way like what? Yeah. How this thing works, how it reflects upon itself and other things is absolutely amazing in this industry of ours that we love so much. Awesome. Awesome. Either Joe, Travis, either of you check it out yet? No. It's on my list. Okay. Right now uh, I'm, I'm currently. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I'm sorry, because from what I'm aware, it's an FMV game, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's yeah. video. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> really? Come on, man. <laughs> just because of the type of game? That's crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's just not what I'm into. <laughs> All right. Look at well, Hogan's I mean, face. <laughs> I don't know why you would limit yourself. Sorry, man. Is that, like, is that like one of those 3D games? Nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, one of them 2D side-scrollers? Nah, I think I'm good. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is about FMV style stuff. It just never really like hooks me. I've tried a few. It's just have you tried her story? Not, my... not even no. when it's really well done. So, so this is not story. an FMV yeah. game. So like this isn't a telltale story game, right? This isn't okay. something that just plays in front of you. This is the, the the her story telling lies immortality line is a different kind of game. Um, and so it's it's FMV in that it uses full motion video, but it's not. I, if you're thinking of like the trash games from that one company in Britain that says yes or no and make this girl choose to ingest the poison or not, it's not that. It's, it's okay, not so it's remotely it, that. It's more like you're an editor in in in, in the editor. Yeah. So the entire one of the cool technological things that it does, and and I haven't seen a game be able to do this, is it emulates the old editing machines from the '60s, so you can go forward and back without losing fidelity you can you can play things backwards you can play them forward you can speed up that process or lower it like you're using a dial um and that technologically is really just very interesting in terms of what this is doing but yes um in terms of fmv games this is massively higher quality in terms of acting in terms of production in terms of that kind of thing um and it's not you are not a you're not trying to be one of the characters. You're not trying to make decisions for them. You're an observer. You are that person that has come upon this archive. And what does that mean? And are you a person in the game? Are you a, are you a identity? I, I, who knows? I could not rightly say, uh, but it's you, you're, you're playing the game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I can't wait to watch this movie. <laughs> It's, oh, no. it's not my thing it's just not my thing but like i, I i'm not gonna sit here and you know you can buy last of us as many times as you want joe i don't <laughs> exactly. care spend that money well, as much I, as you want i'll play exactly. my dollar for no additional charge it's all good yeah well, I enjoy fewer things joe i don't understand that i'll never understand that you know, expand your horizons. Okay. Come on, you're not that old. You're not Ainsley. Listen, I've Ainsley. expanded my horizons plenty of times. Okay, but no, no, I don't. I don't I mean ch- play horizons again. I mean uh, play a different game. Well, that is Dan. <laughs> no, it's oh. weird because like when when I see like live action elements, like you know, like the FMV sort of stuff, it's like I could just be watching a movie. That's literally how my brain thinks. It's like, I'd rather have this presented to me in a non-interactive manner. And like what you guys said, it's like, it's not Oscar, Oscar worthy, like acting. It's fine. No, no. Some of it is. I said the movies so, were some of it's worthy. No, no. Oh, the yeah. acting, particularly go. Marissa is uh, straight up excellent. Okay. Um, uh, no, like TV. And that movies. sells me a little bit more. Oh, because no, yeah, like most no, of the time. All the acting the... is excellent. Well, not all. Okay. Of it, but most of it. <laughs> because yeah, for me, it's like. I'd rather see the movie than piece it together. 
so that's just where my my brain goes. Yeah. So uh, no, it's it's not crap acting. It's actually <clears throat> really really impressive. Okay. Elu, Elu says uh, immortality is not a game for everyone. Uh, it's not going to grip everyone like it did Hogue, but for those who it does grip onto, it will hit hard because there's a brilliance in its design and story. It's genius. So, that's fair. Cool. I'm looking forward to spending some more time with it. Hopefully, ten soon. out of ten, yeah. huh, Hogue? I gave it a ten out of ten. No, I did. I, it's easy. Nice. It's 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 going to be one of my top games of all time. Paid show. <laughs> I am. A, I'm. A, I'm paid by Half Mermaid Productions in San Barlow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not a great check. Here's but... the thing: they are a power broker in this industry, an invisible hand. <laughs> well, and you know they 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 latch on to YouTube influencers like Hogue. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, that's it's right. what they do. They knew they knew their way to success was to get this lawyer talking them up uh, on Twitter. Um, although I think <laughs> I have to pay for the quote. <laughs> i think i have mentioned it every day all right let's uh so uh let's talk about a game joe does want to talk about then and we can talk about okay. last of us is back it's back for the third time in nine and, years uh, in nine years um and i'll joke about exhibit a behind me here in a second but um let's at least start with um <laughs> let's at let's at least start with uh the release itself uh and how you're enjoying it joe it sounds like you're further into it than i am so uh touch on it. yeah man i just got past uh the david arc yep. so i am i'm there i'm, I'm at the, the finish line for the most playing part. by sunday of the yeah. friday it came out it's one of my favorite games of all time you know so um with that said, you know, Last of Us really is the game that cements me as the PlayStation gamer I am today. Without The Last of Us, there's no trophy room. Uh, so this game does mean a whole lot to me. Um, that said, <laughs> there's been a lot of discourse uh, of if this remake should exist. And um, is this just a blatant cash grab? I want to address that first because oh, you want to you want to go there. Okay, I just want to go there immediately because should this remake or, or it, does this remake warrant its existence? No, you know it, you can really in in a tweet surmise it as like, yeah, this is pretty much just a graphical overhaul. If we want to be like in the most simplistic terms about it, am I glad that it exists though? Absolutely. You could see that there was a lot of time and effort put into this by the devs and especially the animators um, that, yeah, a lot of the scenes are elevated by the animation work that's at play here by the Naughty Dog team. So, like, you know, we talk about the Sarah scene. We talk about yeah. the ranch scene. Uh, those scenes are elevated. Uh, those performances are elevated by the sheer wizardry at Naughty Dog, by them able to capture every just ounce of emotion in that character's face and it really doesn't it doesn't feel like i'm experiencing that scene again but it seems like there's more depth to that scene because of those things so that said i i'm loving it because it's more of the last of us but at the same exact time i'm also playing it going this game ages really well for a ps3 game like it the combat still holds up um, you know, the level design is still really great, but you can still tell that it is a PS3 game. So for me, I love it. And I'm a last of a stand and I knew walking in naughty dog and PlayStation had my money. Um, but 
is this a product for us? No, it's definitely a product for the people that are going to be watching the TV show um, more than anything. So I'm digging it. I'm really enjoying it, but it is what it is. The one thing that I think I'm most disappointed by, and maybe the only point that I'm very disappointed by is a, the lack of Dodge, just give me the Dodge <laughs> and, um, and be the, the lack of, uh, of factions. Like I love the factions multiplayer and having man, that just totally gone. Man, did they get a pass on ripping out half their game? Yeah. Factions <laughs> Factions is fantastic. And, and Kyle and I had a little bit of an argument. It's fine. It's fine. It's like, no, the, like the remastered had this and it was cheaper. Like you don't get a pass just because you built it from the ground up. Like there is part of this do. game that is just go- gone. I think and it's a great path. part of that game. I think they made the right call. The industry gave them a damn path. They really did. And because like you could say, honestly, the same complaints that I have with the last of us remake, you can point towards demon souls and go, yeah, like they didn't really change much with demon souls in terms of combat and the levels, but at least even down to the most convoluted aspect of demon souls, the original, they stuck with and so if you're going to remake a thing from the ground up don't just remake the house also make the garage (laughs) you know um i understand that they got a product to sell you in a year from now but that's not my concern this thing was in this game it should be in this game um so that that is really my my big concern is it worth 70 bucks no Mm -mm. not like not even close but is it worth a hundred? It was a game. <laughs> it's a, well, it's the product being delivered in its full value state. <laughs> um, the reason I was smiling while you were talking, Joe, is one, I was agreeing with you, but two, the range of faces that Travis and Hogue made while you were talking about the game was quite comical. And I would suggest anyone go back and watch a replay while looking at both of them while Joe's talking. It was quite funny. Well, listen, while they go edit their little live action movie or whatever, <laughs> You know, they could judge me all they want. Well, it's funny oh, that actually man. you have this big, uh, you know, ho- huge love of Last of Us presented right yeah. after the dissing of immortality. Because I think one of the criticisms that you could level at the Naughty Dog style of game, especially Last of Us, is that you're basically walking between edited movie scenes that actually deliver the story and emotionality. Um, so it's, it's interesting to me that you say, Hey, I'd rather just watch a movie when last of us predominantly, especially as you reference it being a PlayStation three game. And I found a, the, the combat to be clunky as reinvented here in this version, um, is un- essentially just walking through a movie. It's a good movie. I like last of us. Last Great of us is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, but it's, it, I like it because <clears throat> as you might've noted, I like good narratives. Yeah. I mean, uh, I like The Last of Us not just because of those cutscenes, but I think it's the moments in between those little movie sequences where you're getting to kind of know the character uh, or know the characters. That's just just Yeah, but like as you're going through the game, you know, their relationship building, not having to be in a cutscene, it could just be a throwaway line somewhere, is, you know, as a person that does love The Last of Us Part 2, uh, you know, those little moments that I missed from the original, I go, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I remember Joel loves his coffee, that type of stuff. Those little one-off lines, they, they're they're just, they build those characters and those relationships so well. And you can see it 
as the game progresses. Again, not just through the cutscenes. Talking about the awesomeness of the stealth combat mechanics, or the or the moving Joel around a little bit tank like. I'm hearing you talk about dialogue and character and things that go into movies and fair but i didn't edit this thing together so (laughs) but no when i when i talk about like the combat and like the level design that's where it still holds up relatively well um so you know the level design Uh i I got that (laughs) i got this right and i was actually floored by like oh this actually does feel a little decade old and like the stuff we've done with level design yeah i and at times it shows its age. I think earlier in the game, it or actually, sorry, later in the game, it shows its age in some of the combat sequences. Again, like I would like a dodge mechanic. There are certain moments where it's, it's too resident evil Four. look at, look at Travis, the son of a gun. Um, you know, it's it. So in that, in that aspect, I agree, but what did I say? No, you did. I, I was, okay, agreeing yeah. with you. I'm not. Oh yeah. So, in, <laughs> so in that aspect, I, I I agree that it shows its age, but I'm very impressed by how it stands that decades worth of, again, you know, time passing, lessons learned, seeing how The Last of Us 2 builds off of The Last of Us 1. Travis is so distracting, I gotta block the screen. So, like, it's those elements. At the same exact time, yeah, Joel's movements, the stealth mechanics, man. They give you control um, of it. And I'm like, whoa! I I remember this being better. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's 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 something where it's just like it still controls really well. Uh, just like when I think of Demon Souls, it's like this is a really good. I can see the foundation of what Demon has Souls. built upon Demon Souls it. Was ancient when they made that remake. Like, but it's like, still the same game. The same as for as as it did four years ago. See, I think that's like the nostalgia talking because no, when i, I the damn when i see digital foundry because when i when i take a look at like the ps3 game that i played versus this i'm like see, oh they wow sold you another that's one nuts. joe they sold you another one between the playstation 3 game and yeah game. and then i would also say that between the remaster and remake it it very much is a lot more let, um, me, argue, let me argue a different point joe. beautiful yeah but so the so you say it's more beautiful i say it's starker <laughs> Uh, it's more photorealistic. Uh, it has lost a, a pretty fair amount of its artistry, I would I say. Can't, uh, first off, I, I can't take Travis. <laughs> well, that's how he is. You got to get your camera <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to the with you. Just focus on me. Just focus yeah. on me. Yeah, I, I, I think there is undoubtedly the case that certain bits of the artistry, maybe not as lessened, reasonable minds can differ, subjective type mm-hmm. thing, but have been fundamentally changed. There's a lot less of that kind of painterly quality, a lot more photorealism, a lot more starkness in what they've done with this new engine. I don't know that I like it as much. I have to be frank on that. I definitely can see the graphical improvements and the indirect lighting and the puddles. Yay, puddles. Awesome. Reflections. But it looks different. And I'm not sure that it looks better. I have to be honest with that. I think think it's like... um... It's one of those, those situations where I remember it this way. Like, I think the closest thing that I'm, I'm getting here is like, like Tess. Tess looks dramatically different than what she did. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes me about five minutes to get used to it. But once I'm used to it, it's like, okay, this is Tess. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't think the photorealism thing to me matters so much. Change. Why is Tess changed? And not, why doesn't Joel look not more like Troy Baker? 
Like, I mean, like, what Whoa. is the point of these types of things? No, I don't want it either, Ains. No, I don't want don't it either. Do that. But like, that's the explanation for Tess. And I'm like, yeah. no, you chose artistry. You had selections that you made. We don't want Joel to look like Troy Baker. Why is the argument, well, we were able to capture, you know, her face better? It's, it's. Uh... I'm going to say something pretty wild. Joel looks a little bit like Troy Baker in this one. <laughs> like, he, they definitely, it. they definitely have some structure. Well, the new one has His some Troy Baker faces You'll, you'll oh, actually yeah. have it go in your head. You'll be like, oh, that's, I could see. So, Troy. so, so Joe, yeah. you remember 12 minutes ago when I said, oh, you want to start there and go there? Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Now you know why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so like, you know, again, does it warrant it, its existence? Not for them, not, not for the majority of folks. Again, for the hardcore person like me who is going to be suckered into this. Sure, I'm I'm gonna love it. I'm incredibly biased. Is this really for people that have never played The Last of Us? Absolutely. Um, so for me, it's I, I get all the complaints. I I I totally understand, but it kind of just bounces off me because I love this property. So no, no, I view it like a person that just really has to get that UHD Criterion Collection of you know Seven Samurai. Yeah. But it's being sold to the mass audience, and I would have expected. I really, this is honestly a reviewer type thing. I think that it got way too much of a pass, like just a ridiculous pass on what think, this product is offering. Yeah, I, and I agree with you there. Again, like the the absence of factions, I I am amazed that like people are complaining about eighty eight. I'm like, it's missing literal content, like. Yes. <laughs> so the are just like, but that's fine. They're going to give us a, you know, a free to play battle pass live services version that is actually pulled from the last game they said it was going to be in. It'll yeah. be fine. I'm like, Jesus because, Christ, are you going to hold their feet to any fire at all? No, and like the point there too is like, this is also PS3 generation level design where you're walking through some maps that are in the multiplayer. <laughs> so it's just like, you have the multiplayer map here why aren't you using it and so like to me again has it gotten a lot of a a, a big pass yes even uh, like credit to angry joe because he had a last of us remastered no 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 this is hear this out it's ingenious hands he had a remastered and every time i will give no credit until he corrects (laughs) sorry he gave a remastered remastered review of the last of us remake and it's literally his review of the last of us remastered (laughs) I thought that was just hilarious, but it speaks to the fact that I think the market has kind of said that this doesn't need to be a thing. It's kind of like Sony's trying to make fetch happen. I'm not the market. I'm sure this will sell through. They've done a good job. The industry backed them up on the choices that they made. I'm I'm thrilled for them. They'll make a ton of money. I don't have to be happy about this (laughs) as as a sequence of events for Sony. So, so I, mean, I mean, like that's where I come out. It's like great, wonderful. This is it's going to do this more. Great. It's kind of like when when I when I talked to Steve about the review on the trophy room, which is this is a great game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. But does it need to exist? The verdict is out. <laughs> you know, like we can we can talk about how great of like the hard work, the dedication you shows in this game, but like you're selling at it for for seventy bucks. There's a large portion of this game that is missing. <clears throat> and that that is the bummer. So, like, again, I don't for, for the most part, should you buy it? Probably not. If you've never played The Last of Us, though, uh, yes. That's Last it. of Us. I think The Last of Us is still in their PlayStation Essentials or whatever collection. I mean, I think you could just go play the damn thing uh without spending $70 on it. 
Yeah. But I, I would say that like this version, again, very weird. This version is probably the definitive version that you want to play oh, if you're if whoa, you're new start, to it. Don't write checks for three years from now. Okay. All we right. don't know. <laughs> we Last don't know. We don't made know. remastered again. Again for the PSX. Um, but like this is probably the definitive version you want to play if you want to get caught up with the story. But again, should you go out there and spend 70 bucks? No, I think this sh- should have been co- priced at probably about 50, to be honest. I think that would have been a more reasonable uh, asking price. But yeah. Travis. Did we need to uh, say the same thing 18 times over 15 minutes? I don't know, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me start talking about immortality more. (laughs) I I didn't want to go down that route because the $70 Last of Us conversation has been had endlessly. I get had a couple never, months, and no, I didn't hey. want to go down that path for it. But it was had endlessly by people who hadn't had the chance to experience the game, right? That's so, true. I mean, like, this is the first time we've been able to actually reflect on the thing. And yeah. honestly, and we Joe's came got to one opinion. Conclusion. I don't think it's that impressive. I bought it. You could tell. I've been playing it. I yeah. I don't think it's that impressive at all. And it's like, well, you make mistakes. I, I feel bad about that $70. I will, as the Telltale Games used to say, Hogue will remember that. okay you know i it's fine uh but yeah so So. i i I will say this and and just to back i i'm personally again i'm in the camp uh of joe like i agree remake needed no uh seventy dollars seventy dollars is different to everybody so to me to me it's worth seventy dollars because it is one of my favorite games of all time it is very, very meaningful to me, The Last of Us, in ways that I'm not going to bother trying to explain on this podcast. Uh, and because of that, I will, well, hello, Darwin. I will uh, buy that uh, game as many times as they release it. And I'll caveat that statement with that's not a good trend, right? That's not what we want to see out of our developers in the gaming industry. And I agree with everything you guys said uh, about, about that. But again, for me, um, I'm glad that I have what is a uh, updated version of one of my favorite games of all time, and I uh, you can call me a sucker if you want, but that's just the way. It's the way I, I am. Never call you a sucker. Well, first of all, you might have a private that. island, right? Seventy bucks might be nothing to you, and so who am I to tell you whether you're a sucker or not? <laughs> but no, I meant it when I said, look, I I have all sorts of crap that is like the UHD version or silly stuff, um, yep. but I wouldn't try to tell people that I think that's a great idea, right? Agreed. So like, Agreed. Yeah. It's interesting that this is mass marketed. It isn't marketed as the Criterion Collection. It isn't marketed as like, you only if you really care about this. No, it's like, this is The Last of Us now. And I don't part know. Part one. I, the Last of Us part one. So they can sell it as kind of a new release alongside, you know, part two. No joke. And I agree with Joe very, very predominantly on, okay, if you're going to sell it like you actually designed the damn thing again, you're going to ask for our money for that. You know, why don't you think about the encounters? Why don't you add some of the stuff? Agreed. Like, dive and prone and dodge and and let's let's actually make it better um but no no it's a well we have to maintain the fidelity of the game it's like the, the hell you do you didn't maintain the fidelity of like the wharf scene or any of the stuff i've walked through yet so like pick a lane buddy um and i i feel like they picked the lane that was the least uh the, the least resource intensive but also the, the least useful fair enough fair enough travis i, I think this travis is honestly the i was gonna say this is the longest travis has been quiet i think ever during a show you know, I'm just waiting. Uh, you guys <laughs> yeah, ever, um, you guys ever have a friend recommend a restaurant to you? And like, always, 
you guys are going to go later and he's just like building it up and like building up like oh my god when you have this place it's going to be so good and then you get there and the food's like not very good but then the person who invited you is like pretending like it's amazing anyway because they're just so they're so in it you know they can't really turn back now that's uh that's what i'm seeing from joe it's just I love seeing people eat dog food and pretend like it's just the best meal. Don't worry, had. Travis. And, uh, when we talk about uh, say, Halo I'll, Infinite and you start apologizing for it, I'll be right. I'll, I'll be. Well, yeah. Hey, 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 Joe. I was quiet while you talked for four minutes about <laughs> justifying your thing. So maybe you could be quiet and not talk about a game that has nothing to do with this. I was. I'll say this. I'll say this about weekend already. I'll people. say this about the Last of Us Part One. It is not one of my favorites of all time. Okay, it is a stealth game with bad stealth mechanics. It is a combat game with boring combat. It is a movie that chase. It's a, it's a video game that chases after the Hollywood uh, dream and tries to parrot what Hollywood does, which is a pet peeve of mine in games. And I think that this remaster, and it is a remaster, even though they called it a remake, which is another thing that annoys me about this game. I think it cheapens what The Last of Us was able to accomplish, like a 40-year-old wearing his high school varsity jacket. They just need to get over it and move on. And Was that uh, a shot at me? Yeah, please stop okay. wearing your varsity jacket. Joke's man. on you. I wasn't so All I have varsity. to say is uh, <laughs> you, I will call you a sucker, Ames, because people should stop supporting this sort right. of thing. And I, uh, I just... I it, this really annoys me and I can't wait for people to stop talking about this game finally. Maybe that day will come now that they've put it out, you know. Never Sony knows the cadence. I mean, now. I agree with you. You, you can bet you can bet your bottom dollar that Last of Us Part 2 remake or or whatever is going to be announced in like 2 years and they're just going to keep that Last of Us it works for them. It's it's the it's the outraged YouTube clickbait model of video game selling and they Sony's got it down. Good for them. I, yeah, I don't I won't, disagree I with anything you guys are saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Joe and I made that clear. It's we're it's not that we're disagreeing with you. I think we generally all agree on the concept here. It's just that, and, and Joe, I won't speak for you, but it's just that again, this game means an awful lot to me personally, and because of that, if this is an improved version, what whatever improved is, right? Where That's I can track. Yeah, it's yeah. Artistically different. Is that improved? Well, I haven't played it enough to comment. I'm not going to watch a video and comment. I'm going to play it and comment. So when I finish the game, I will let you know if I think it was artistically different or better or worse or what have you. Um, so we'll see. I, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, guess, I guess me personally, if I really liked something, I would want to protect it from. Uh, I don't know. That, I, I don't know that they did. Overexposure or. I haven't finished or, it. All right. Yeah. All right. That's all I have to I say. You guys had a good conversation about it. I have no horse in this race. I think it's stupid. <laughs> well, there's the last of us. Uh, and that's even before getting to the debacle that uh, happened. I'm not going to reiterate everything. But um, there's an article on our site on many other sites now, as you can see behind me. And I think anyone watching this knows at this, by this point. Um, so the Firefly edition was the $100 collectors, you know, steelbook and comic and everything edition of this re-release. Um and it was shipped uh, poorly from PlayStation Direct. Remember, you ordered these from PlayStation Direct. It's a first-party ordering site. And whoever they contracted with to do some of these deliveries uh, dropped the ball big time, and a bunch of them arrived damaged. And what is really interesting about this, I don't know if you can see, but there's a PlayStation seal on the top of my copy right there. And what someone deciphered in this incredibly long thread of mine on Twitter is that the ones that came in boxes and were delivered prop, what we would call properly, right, did not have the PlayStation seal. 
they had two clear seals, whereas nearly every single one that has been shown that's been damaged and shipped in this little bubble mailer like this behind me doesn't or does have the PlayStation seal. So it seems like they maybe had two distribution centers that shipped through due, you know, two different who knows uh, what happened. But uh, long story short, there was uh, I posted this thinking it was going to just be a random Twitter post and forgotten about and all hell broke loose as I think everyone you saw. You didn't really think that when you popped out the ammunition console war stuff, did you, Ains? I mean, yeah. like that was always uh, maybe I'm that, Maybe I'm that naive, you know, because <laughs> it, it, in my mind, people know me well enough. I wasn't posting it as something against Oh, players. I'm not accusing you of console warring. I'm yeah, saying I know, like I know. bullets for the console war. I like know. that was always going to happen. Shouldn't, shouldn't the console war have been between like U.S. Postal Service and FedEx? Like, shouldn't they have been fighting <laughs> their, their fans? Well, the, the strangest thing we found as we've researched this is they were all shipped by UPS. All of them. So, again, maybe one UPS distribution center did it properly. One didn't. Who knows? But So the FedEx uh, fanboy should have come after you for... for <laughs> FedEx would have never UPS. shipped something Yeah, like exactly. That. <laughs> Why aren't there YouTube channels for each of the... <laughs> logistics companies i want that world no and that's doubt, why we no carefully doubt. negotiate risk of loss and carrier contracts right uh so yes you're always going to go back to the actual maker of the product and that's why that happens the way it does yeah so anyway uh the the sad news is here playstation support was not good you can read about this in my article i'm not going to rant about it here uh long story short they obviously didn't reserve any stock whatsoever for replacements which is a big no-no when you're selling a li limited edition item uh, anyone who buys kind of limited edition things, which uh, I think everyone knows I have millions of around here, uh, you always reserve some stock for replacements, for damages, for, you know, something that may occur. And it's pretty clear that PlayStation didn't do that. And the support that I got, and I'm going to jump into some super chats real quick, guys, because we're behind, uh, which Chris made a joke of here, is that those of us who have contacted support about this is we have been offered uh, a 20% PlayStation voucher on a future purchase oh you can uh, get that last of us price right into the range where it might might <laughs> properly help <laughs> so chris thank you for the five dollar super chat and no it's no salt in the wound i think uh, people know I, I i don't take this as seriously as some others but uh it is disappointing you know uh especially if uh if you're aware that yes this sold for a hundred dollars but because these are so sought after they're selling for like three and four hundred dollars um so uh you know, take that as you will, I guess. But um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, let me get to some of these other Super Chats. Uh, Bomber kicked us off early with uh, Rocket League is a great game. Uh, it's an internal inside joke among us with Rocket League. Have a great show, guys. Uh, what is HLD? Um, Anyone know? HLD. Sounds familiar. I honestly some, don't know what that is, Bomber. It's like, it's like hags. I, that's my. That's what I'm going for. Okay, uh, I'll have to talk to him offline because I honestly don't know what he means about that. Uh, I actually, yeah, yeah it, you know, it's probably Happy Life Day. It's a reference to probably Star Wars. politically controversial, Ains, and he just got you to say it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <you> know, it's... <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, Gio Rio with the 10 euro super chat. He said, Hi guys, pity to read about Ains's last of a CE experience and lack of responsibility. Uh, PlayStation takes for it. On a positive note, lighting and new audioscape is beautiful. Opening lighting. scenes got me again hard. Enjoy the show. Lighting's real good. That's a big difference to me. Yeah, it is so far from what I've seen. G 
Gio, thank you very much as always, my friend. Appreciate you. Gecko Gamer in the house, 10 euro super chat. Is immortality kind of like rummaging through an archive where you have hundreds of separate documents and have to piece together how it connects, but in a visual media instead, or but in visual media instead? But that is definitely what it claims to be. It's a game. It sounds like there's a little. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, thank you, Gecko, as always. Uh, Jeremy Morton in the house. $5 super chat. The mystery in immortality is a strong point. I hope that it holds together when and if those mysteries are explained. I love the game. Just hit the credits. So I'm happy to say this about immortality, Jeremy, and anybody who's interested in listening. One of my favorite parts about this is it doesn't pull that auteur artistic BS about like, well, I don't know what it means. We've got a random black and white scene of a UFO and then a feather dropping down. No, no, no. It, it explains itself. It is brilliant all the way through, and it was actually thought through. So enjoy, Jeremy. But if you just hit the credits, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Keep, keep <laughs> enjoying. Nice. Jeremy, thank you very much for the super chat. By the way, our uh, our good friend Neo GameSpark in the house, and he, he says HLD stands for Hope, Life, and Dan. Love it. That's what we're going to go with. Random name, random underscore name with the 499 Super Chat. He says, my fi my favorite group of season gamers. Thank you, sir. How does everyone feel about Phil Spencer's comments about exclusives going away? And do you agree? So we certainly are on his platform. <laughs> when did Phil say this? <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Hold on. So he did. He, it was part of the uh, uh, interview he did recently um, about kind of the, where the gaming industry is going. But we can. We can touch on that more because we're we're getting we're going to be getting to the uh, Blizzard Activision comments. Uh, Hogue has been apparently wrong about a whole bunch of stuff, so he needs to atone yeah. for that. All, I, uh, <laughs> all, I'll, all I'll say is if you if you caught me without pants, I would also claim that pants are just passe. You know, they're going away. That's right. That's I'm well said. Sad. I'm wearing pants. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, oh. we'll see. We'll see what I'm wrong about. I actually think uh, it's best you know, not to toot my own horn a little bit, but I think I'm the most right of anybody talking on this issue right now. So I think that's being borne out as we go. I Are there any that. issues that you have strong opinions on that you don't think you're the most right on? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. I don't know. I, I mean, I've had thing. to, I've had to correct and otherwise adjust for it. Usually I can uh, respond that the other side has done something silly and that that's why I couldn't otherwise predict it or otherwise, but no, I, yeah, you know, I, I hold strong opinions, but I think on this particular score, it's not it's not even opinion making. It's just kind of describing the process and how we're going through these things. And don't freak out about this. And this is the timing. And know the FTC. It doesn't have to send you a letter, uh, you know, in August, like all this stuff that I get asked. Uh, it's like, OK, everybody take a chill pill. Um so yeah yeah so random name thank you for the super chat and and the the nice comment we will talk more about that here shortly we're getting to it i promise and by the way uh i love this comment there's there's a lot of behind the scenes comments going on right now which are quite funny but abe says uh who gets to argue with sober people on this show so <laughs> it's a harder target <laughs> and, and lastly fat boy horror with the two pound super chat but did they credit you porsche power yeah so that's uh <laughs> So we were joking before the show, and obviously my Twitter feed has been uh, interesting over the past two days. I was joking that uh, I think just since Friday night, so about 36 hours, I have something like two and a half million impressions on my my Twitter account uh, because of this whole Last of Us issue and, and the VGC thing and uh, 
other sites have reached out since then and DM'd me and we've got emails and all kinds of stuff continues to go on. Um, but it is, it has been quite funny. I think, uh, I think anyone that knows me knows that, uh, I, I wasn't taking this that seriously, but, uh, it's turned into, uh, an interesting social experiment, if nothing else. So thank you, fat boy. Appreciate you. All right, let's get back here and let's move on to, you know what? We'll flip this around a bit. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, is there any other game we, we talked about last of us and immortality? Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about that they're currently playing? That's interesting before we jump ahead. Um, I said, we inscription's great. Inscription is great. Actually. Wasn't expecting a good take from you today. That's right. It's great. It's great. Game. It's, it's also great. old. <laughs> it is. Old. It's a year old, right? Year old. Yeah. Just came to PS, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Did? And can I be honest? Uh, it has a lot of full motion video, Joe. Does it really? <laughs> and he stops playing it right down there. <laughs> you know, I've been playing a little bit of, if you guys let me finish, been playing a lot of Inscription, and here comes the joke. For a long time on the trophy room, I always discounted it. I was like, yeah, it's a card game. <laughs> if I wanted to play cards, I'd go play some solitaire or whatever. Um, but no joke, uh, I just out of sheer boredom picked it up. And I think I think I said on Twitter, and I think it sums it up really well. It's kind of like you put Yu-Gi-Oh with Saw meets you're probably playing with the devil. It's probably what Inscription is to me. If I had to sell it through an elevator pitch, it's a really fun time. And I like the way where this story is going. It's a lot of mystery. It's a lot of intrigue. And uh, it's only it's only 20 bucks. Go pick it up. Joe, I, I just love, like to point I gotta out, love that Joe's response to my comments on immortality. Is he picked the strangest twenty dollar indie game that focuses on narrative and storytelling, also with FMV? Yeah. I yeah. mean, but like with inscription, <laughs> there's like some gameplay and strategy that I'm like really, really, uh, really so hooking Joe, me. Which you I'm yourself, surprised by. You yourself just said you're not really usually a card game guy, and yeah. yet you tried a card game and you ended up really liking it. So it's almost yeah. as if. Your green eggs and ham, once you tried it, you quite enjoyed it and maybe shouldn't, yeah. you know, limit yourself to things that you think you don't like because you might surprise Well, it's kind of like the, the analogy that you said a while ago. It's like the, the guy, your friend that's convincing you to go to that restaurant. It's the best restaurant you ever heard of or whatever. And you go there and it's like, all right, you know, this, these green eggs and ham, they're just all right. They're not that great. So yeah, I really have to I, wait I, until I like... Think- I, th- I think Hogue's rest- restaurant isn't um, serving something food that's nine years old. You know what I mean? I mean, fair enough. But like, <laughs> but like, I, I, I honestly have to, I have to wait until expectations get lowered. So I, I will try. I mean, it's on Game Pass. Of course, I'm going to try Immortality out. Yeah, it's not in my wheelhouse. It's typically, honestly, it's my, it's a genre that I don't dive into because it's uninteresting to me. But it's not a genre. I mean, like you keep describing it as 3D and 2D. Those aren't. Yeah, I don't know. It's FMV real actors. Don't you know? Oh, well, here, here, here's a perfect yeah. time to throw this comment in from Lucius, which he says genres are such a weird limitation on games, and I think I think he's right. Sure. I, I think we need to talk about a game's merits based on what the game itself does. Oh, absolutely, and that's yeah. why I'm I'm not. Listen, all jokes aside, I'm not discrediting anyone's you know enjoyment of a game because it's in a specific genre. It's just like for me. I'm not usually into, you know, those genres of things. So I don't really dive into them. It, it's kind of like if I, I was asking Hogue for like, you know, I don't know, like League of Legends advice. That's probably not his type of game. I like MOBAs. 
<laughs> oh, really? Cool. All right, fine. I know what you mean, though, Joe. There are certain You're doing that like a rule set. What I'm telling you is that it's not a great descriptor for has video because inscription has video. That's a very different game from immortality. Immortality, you're thinking of FMV as a genre, I think primarily as adventure games slash kind of telltale visual novels. Is like Absolutely, you know, I am. Yeah. And that's, that's a genre is visual novel and telltale game and adventure game. And like, this is the her story genre and it's not, it uses video, but that's not useful in terms of like limiting. Uh, so mm -hmm. you don't like an aesthetic. That's fine. Good luck yeah. with the rest of inscription. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking that. Again, also like I'm like two hours into inscription. So I don't know if, you know, well, Shia LaBeouf's going to. There's video. Yeah. Okay. Cause I don't want Shia LaBeouf to like knock down the door. And then that's a, you know, I get that's really a different scared. version of inscription. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Shia LaBeouf collector's though. edition. Yeah. Uh, by yeah, the way, um, uh, Katie in the chat said, uh, <laughs> that's just Joe. Said, Joe, you were coming through a lot louder than others, so I just lowered you a bit. So I figured that was just Joe as a person. Well, yeah. That No, yeah. that's just the RTX voice kicking don't, in. Don't change anything on your end. I just sure. I just touched it up here, so hopefully it's cleaner right. now. So everybody change your mics now. <laughs> All right. So we, I have this in a different order. Let's jump to this because of the super chat we just got. And I think okay. that, uh, as always, Hoag's uh, insight here is appreciated. Um, I'm also so I, I actually titled this the CMA and Microsoft, Hoag Unleashed. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, just an update on the Activision Blizzard deal. Uh, okay. So there's there's two kind of points I wanted to touch on here. One is around around the comment, a lot of the commentary we've seen on the CMA in, in UK and what that means for the deal. The other yep. side of the comments is the statement that Phil Spencer put out on the Microsoft blog and the interview he did talking about uh, the major IPs like Call of Duty, Overwatch, Diablo, et cetera, going to Game Pass and yep. the statement around exclusives. So, Hogue, we'll start with the CMA piece because, again, I feel you are one of the most knowledgeable people in the gaming space talking about this, and that's why I love having you on the show. So, uh, as you can imagine, and we all know, every time there's something about this Activision Blizzard deal, everyone comes out of the woodwork woodwork with articles and youtube videos and everyone's an expert so ho can you please give us the the spiel on what is actually happening here if it's unusual in any regard uh and your personal thoughts about what it means for the deal overall because i think sure. everyone could benefit from that yeah absolutely so you know activision and microsoft signed their deal in january they say hey we're going to take a year and a half that's, the, that's as early as we can promise it to close investors and the reason they do that is because they're a multinational corporation and they're going to have to go and get jurisdictional either approval or passage, depending on the jurisdiction, over the course of a long period of time. And I said when that started out that basically every regulator that even bothered to look at this were going to go to whatever their highest level of review was because it's $70 billion or near $70 billion. It's multitudes higher than any other deal in the history of video gaming. And that's really what the statutory power is for. So in most of these jurisdictions, they call it a, a phase one or a step one or a look one to start, and then a phase two or a step two or whatever else they want to call it, if they're going to go into a more in-depthful uh, review. Uh, and there's different timing requirements for these different jurisdictions. And because you've only got the, you know, so many lawyers, I know, even Microsoft, you're coordinating the bigger jurisdictions with the littler jurisdictions, and you're working through the whole process over a long period of time. One of those jurisdictions that is important, but not maybe as important as the US and the EU, is the UK. Um, and the UK has a body called the Competitions and Market Authority. And they are the ones that, like our Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, are going to be taking a look at this deal. They got it, I think, over the summer sometimes, so a little bit later than the EU and the US, as best we can tell. 
Uh, and then they have statutory timers that run before they have to decide whether they're going to elevate their review into what I believe they call phase two uh, in the UK. And so what happened this past week is that they decided, yes, they were going to elevate it into phase two. Now, you might note, if you're in the U.S. or in one of these other jurisdictions, for the most part, we don't get big press announcements about when the regulatory body decides to do this. The <laughs> FTC and the DOJ here tend to take a look that says, eh, it's probably best handled behind the scenes. Mostly what we are saying is we think this deal could possibly cause some damage to competition. And the U.S. and the U.K. have very similar language, our Clayton Act uh, and, their, and their Markets Act. And so... What happened is that they said they're going to elevate it. And then instead of just saying we're going to phase two, they had a Twitter thread full of emojis. I, I love it to death. It's like written by a 12-year-old. Uh, <laughs> then they have a press release. Then they have a summary of legal findings. So there's three documents the CMA put out. Understand this before we get into any of the weeds here. I don't view this as unusual at all. There is no world in which I thought the UK wasn't going to go to a phase two review. It is silly to think that they wouldn't. So then where we get into the weird kind of commentary and where I become more critical on what the CMA did is with the reasoning they put forth. So there's a couple of things that happen here. The CMA has slightly different standards. I'm an American lawyer. I have to give that disclosure. I'm not operating in the UK. So I'm looking at the standards that they're providing. I'm looking at their statutes. The, the phase one to phase two choice is the equivalent here of probable cause. It's we think something might possibly happen. And I don't think anybody that's being honest about a $70 deal, $70 billion deal for one of the major publishers in the entire industry wouldn't say something could possibly happen. We should look at it more, right? So everything that happened just now totally makes sense. What doesn't make as much sense is that what they come out with as their explanations are essentially it could harm the console space where Microsoft has nothing close to market power. It could harm the... Uh, subscription service gaming space, Game Pass versus PlayStation Plus, give or take. And it could harm the cloud service space, all within video gaming, but based on theories that are very, very questionable and that also mirror exactly what we know is Sony's corporate response to the questions about these things because Brazil publishes those answers directly. So we can see that the answers Sony gave to Brazil about the Call of Duty question, about the importance of that to their to their livelihood, those kinds of things, we can see those reflected exactly in certain paragraphs in the CMA's preliminary findings. Now, these findings are not, we think this is actually going to happen. It's the findings that are like, this is how we signed the search warrant. Right. Like this is how we go further, the next step. And that's really important to understand, because I still think not many of these jurisdictions are going to press too hard on this by the time we get to phase two, uh, wherever they're looking. Uh, it depends. I think there will be a consent decree. We can talk about that as much or as little as you want, uh, because Microsoft has already said, here are the things we're willing to sign a consent decree for. Like that's half of what all these interviews are. Um, but. Uh, at the end of the day, where people are losing their minds is that the CMA essentially calls out and says, this could hurt Sony and doesn't do a lot more to establish why we should care. Right. And in fact, they do a lot to suggest the opposite. And I think that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong way, because one of the things that these organizations are supposed to do is protect competition, not competitors. Um, right. So you have to go the extra step. Hey, that hurts Sony's market share is not a valid reason to intervene in a regulatory action. Yeah, okay, why? Is it hurting Sony's market share because they're doing something illicit, restraint of trade oriented, these kinds of things? Or is it hurting Sony's market share because they're providing more value for cheaper or higher quality or whatever other thing that happens? And so 
the CMA just basically says this could hurt rivals. And so I tweeted out, I said, yeah, that's the definition of competition. That's why they're <laughs> called rivals. That's why we don't call them friend folks, um, is that you want to go and you want to get that market share away from them. And we, at least the, the jurisdictions that I'm talking about, believe that that helps consumers. Oh, Microsoft's Xbox 360 project comes out and PlayStation has to get its shit together for PlayStation 4 against the Xbox One. And Xbox One says, wow, we're bad at this. We better move into a different business model entirely. <laughs> and you see that hopefully benefiting consumers. The other aspect of this that's a problem, and then I will shut up because I need a drink anyway, <laughs> is, and, and just lemonade, not anything <laughs> more strong than that, is that they also bite asserting that this will affect the subscription service uh, market and the cloud service market ostensibly as a kind of preamble to that assumes that those are separate markets. Uh, and we know that Xbox says, no, it's all gaming, right? They're all substitutes. When we talk about markets, we talk about things that are easily substituted for each other. Okay. I could buy it on game pass, but I could buy it on the, the network store, or I could do something else that cloud services, that subscription services that buy to play services, even free to play services are all competing for your attention, your dollars and everything else. And that there are, there's substitutes. Well, I don't have to play call of duty. I can play Fortnite. Well, I don't have to play, Fortnite, I could play Last of Us, whatever, that they're, they're substitutes of, of what you want to do with your gaming time. Sony, pretty famously for me, but I don't think it was actually reported on enough, went to Brazil with their corporate answers, which we can now assume are their corporate answers in multiple jurisdictions based on what we've seen from the CMA, went out there and said, no, they're not separate. They're not separate markets. And that was a concession to Microsoft. It's also a concession to what they want to do in the future, undoubtedly, but that they sure. are substitutes. And we're not, we're not going to fight as if there is some market of subscription service games that's separate because we know, yes, that denominator is smaller and we could maybe make the case that Microsoft has market power. That we're not going to do that. CMA ignored that and said, we think that they could be separate and we're going to go into phase two. The last thing I will say <laughs> is that it might not be wrong for the CMA to go. I, I think I wouldn't publicize it because I think it has deleterious effects on discourse and everything else. I think they publicize, they, they publicize it for political purposes. They want to show their people they're doing something with big tech and whatnot. Um, but I'm not sure that it's actually wrong to take a very broad swath approach to this is we're elevating it to phase two. And we want to make sure we take a careful look at it. Their reasoning is silly. And I don't know that it would be the reasoning that would ultimately carry through to getting a consent decree. Um, so that's the situation as it stands right now. People have asked me, I've said it's 70-30 of going through materially unchanged or at least materially within Microsoft's parameters for a long time now. People have asked me if this changes anything. No, it does not. I would still have it at 70-30. I have a question. I like sure, the use yeah. of the... the uh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Hi, right hi, uh, yeah, hi. First time, long time. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, one's a joke and one's a serious question. Uh, first, okay. um, Do I have why, to guess which is which? Yes. Um, well, it's kind of obvious once I say it, really, actually. So just let me say the goddamn joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so does this mean that Sony owns the CMA and like the, the, the UK government? Because that's what a YouTuber told me. I see. No, actually, I don't think that any extra effort was taken to get the CMA to do what Sony wanted to do here. It is exactly reflective of what their corporate answers are. Uh, and so I think they submitted the same corporate answers as we saw in Brazil. And the CMA said, that's eh, a decent enough reason to go to phase two and then presented it as if it were as if it were proven. The big problem I have with the way the press release works and the reason I think a lot of folks avoid press releases on stuff like this is that when you say, CMA finds it could substantially lessen competition. You think, oh my God, that's the finding. If, if they find that it could substantially lessen competition, that is blocking the deal. Like that's the language in the statute. What they actually are saying is like a notch below that, that there isn't a great English word for. It's like CMA finds that it could 
could substantially lessen competition. It's like another level back of possibility that doesn't get reported. And then it all falls apart and then it all dominoes into my God, what did the CMA find? It's like, well, they basically <laughs> yeah. found nothing. They basically yeah. said, well, Sony's arguments are possible. We should probably look more. Okay. Uh, and then second, this is a serious question. Cause I'm not a lawyer. Oh, that was the joke. Person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a joke. And that was a joke one. Um, Cause now I'm using my real voice. Uh, so what is as a lay person, a consent, decree what yeah, yeah. Like what type of parameters <laughs> so yeah so they call them undertakings in the uk because they like to be different or we do you know it just depends on the order that you put these things in but basically what happens is these regulators can go and they can find that this deal is illegal or they can say that they can assert it this deal would substantially lessen competition and we are unhappy with it because of the authority given to us under the statutes we can block that deal we can tell you no sir but we won't if you agree to this list of terms Right. So it's the ransom demand. Um, And so the FTC is very likely to look at this and say um, if they want to get to a consent decree and they do, they will. um, Okay, we think we can block this deal. We think it does something bad, whatever. This this will all be behind the scenes, but we'll be okay with it if you promise that Call of Duties will be on PlayStation day and date with when they're released at feature parity for seven years. Uh, for whatever. And I say years, this will be debated because you don't ever agree to a perpetual contract. Microsoft isn't that silly. So it'll be and that's why Phil has said, you know, for several years after. Yep. Yes. Well, he's saying it because Microsoft has continued to, while still projecting to these regulators that they're willing to sign a consent decree, they'd still prefer not to be bound by contract. They're, they're, they're trying. It's like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. They're going to have consent decrees. They're going to trying have to say, oh, no need to make us promise it. In this I think the CEO of Microsoft actually, yeah, I think he goes yeah. out there like in May and says, oh, well, we're committed to keeping this open. There's no need. We don't even see the need for a consent decree. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. They're not in the trust me business. That's there not almost certainly There will almost certainly be a consent decree, not just because uh, the FTC probably has, has actual things that they're worried about with the deal but also because they almost have to politically like at, at this point they're they have they can't just let it sail through a deal this size that's in this uh vertical in terms of the, uh, you know this industry because yeah. it's tech yeah so they have they have to do it and i would say this the, the same is true for cma where you have to look like you've accomplished something like you're winning and i don't think that they think that they could win in court if they actually tried to block it because i think the argument is pretty weak for yep. blocking this deal as a monopoly so therefore their only recourse is to negotiate a consent decree uh that they think uh microsoft will say yes to and then be like, look, victory for the little man. We we had them, we brought them to heal. We made them do all the things we wanted them to do. When in reality, the consent decree will probably include mostly things that Microsoft has already said that they're willing to do. Uh, in That's advance. right. I call them swim lanes, right? You don't right. care. You don't care if the buoys are up if you're already swimming that direction. So Microsoft mm-hmm. is signaling hard to all these regulators. This is the swim lane we want. You want to put buoys up to, to make your constituents happy. You go right ahead. If they try to put a buoy in the middle of their swim lane, well, we're going to have some fun because Microsoft, yeah. it, it's it's a power play, right? So they say at the end of the day, they're not the final arbiters. The deal doesn't just nope. die when the FTC or the CMA says it does. So if they say Microsoft goes, you've asked too much, sue us. Um, we're calling your bluff. And that's when all hell breaks loose. People ask me, when mm-hmm. are we going to hear from the FTC again? Maybe never. We'll, we'll we'll hear from them if there's a consent decree. It'll be p- pretty minor. If they go forward with a lawsuit, you're getting the four po- the full portfolio and the 
and the AG and the FTC and Microsoft has damned us to an eternity of technological servitude. And we're the only bulwark against such things. And we're fighting for Call of Duty for you. And it'll be, it'll be, it'll be huge. Um, but yes, Travis is exactly right. I like to think I rubbed off on him, but I just think he's that smart. Um, he, he, there are political forces he's in not. play. There is, there's every reason to believe these regulators need to say, hey, we're not going to just let freaking Microsoft walk through this. And Microsoft is saying, we're willing to do this for Call of Duty. We're probably willing to do something on Game Pass slash cloud. Let's talk about it. And they know if they push too far, it's a very stretched version of antitrust law that, that CMA and we, we think is leaked by the FTC is trying to use right now. Yeah, so this I've I've got the uh, statement from Phil on the Microsoft blog up here, uh, and it, yeah. it, I, I'm going to read it because it speaks to exactly what you're saying, and every single word in this is purposeful, right? Well, this is spicy. Is this the blog post the same day? So I went over yeah. this in virtual legality. This is as, I just want to set the groundwork. Yeah, this is as spicy as you will hear corporate messaging. Almost every sentence is a subtweet. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everything here is meant is there because it's meant to do something right. Yeah. So he says this is halfway down the list, but he says in doing so, um, we will pursue a principled path. We've heard that this deal might take franchises like Call of Duty away from the places where people currently play them. That's why, as we've said before, we are committed to making the same version of Call of Duty available on PlayStation on the same day the game launches elsewhere. We will continue to enable people to play with each other across platforms and across devices. We know players benefit from this approach because we've done it with Minecraft. I love the example, which continues to be available on multiple platforms and has expanded to even more since Mojang joined uh, Microsoft in 2014. As we extend our gaming storefront across new devices and platforms, we will make sure that we do so in a manner that protects the ability of developers to choose how to distribute their games. And he actually links to a couple of tweets, which is kind of funny in, in and of its own. Um, but all of this is a statement, as you guys already alluded to, um, you know, in that vein. Well, and that's a paragraph after he just threw shade at Apple and, and Android slash Google, uh, because he goes yes. out there and says, what are you guys Walking doing? It's RX cloud. That's going to get around those app stores that you seem so worried about. We're the good guys. Yep. I've said this for seven months, but Microsoft's primary PR strategy is we're the white knights. You don't need oh, to yeah. come after us. We're the only company big enough to go and break up those monopolies you're so worried about. He did. He said, and we can extend the joy of the joy of play to devices that people already own, including smart TVs and laptops. Yeah, it's quite funny. I'd they, love uh, Microsoft post, I may have dealt with the FTC before. It almost <laughs> right. seems like maybe there's some sort of process here, maybe some sort of relationship. I don't know. Microsoft is a known commodity in the halls of all the antitrust regulators. And people keep bringing that up to me as if it's a negative. It's like, yeah, but it's not the 1990s Microsoft. And you're not seeing when, when I talk about like California versus Activision, one of the first things I jump on is the absolute crazed belligerence in the first like response to the to the press it's like well that's not going to win you any plot it's microsoft has basically said and i think is that comment ends with like and of course it's super important for regulators to take such big deals super importantly and we understand that so we will continue our transparency and it's like yeah okay all right yeah uh, but what he said. it's yeah I, I i did cover this this week but like, <laughs> yeah. I, I know I know where Phil's head was at, but that, that was vetted within an inch of its life by both PR and legal. 100%. Um, and uh, yes, it was, I, people are like, you call that spicy, Rick? It's like for corporate, for freaking corporate blog post, that is like 
pay attention, regulators. We are expanding the market. We're fighting Apple and Google that you hate so much. We are the we're the white knights you need, and we're making things better. So go away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, there we have a super chat here from Gecko Gamer. I'll throw up a 10 euro super chat. Thank you. As always, Gecko. He says an interesting possibility is that the EU and FTC approve the deal while the UK doesn't. Depending on the situation, it might be more damaging to the UK than to Microsoft. In the world, so people ask about the jurisdictions, right? Because they are they're all sovereigns. They all control inputs and outputs within their territory. And why, you know, it's unlikely that there's going to be an outlier is because for the most part, the, the, the ones with the most revenue are going to drive this thing, the, the ones that are most interested. And the lawyers at Microsoft, one of their big jobs is coordinating whoever might have a, a problem and making sure for the best of their ability that they can do one thing or a series of things. The list is the same in the jurisdiction so that they can sell one product and, and, and go about their business that way. Uh, so I think it's unlikely that the UK separates, but of course the UK in the last decade plus has a history of just being weird. Um, so we don't know. We know that they are clearly taking the aggressive approach to antitrust regulation in terms of how they just describe things this week. Um, and so, yeah, at that point in time, if you got the FTC, they don't approve deals. They just allow them. Uh, and the EU, which does to approve the deal, uh, and the UK says, no, the cheese stands alone. You get into real weird situations, right? Because it's like, what are you asking for? Do you just want to block it to be belligerent? If you do want to block it, do we just geofence your jurisdiction? Um, you know, you can do weird things, but the UK is a big market um, for video games. And, and yep. so it would become an interesting question. Yeah. Very interesting. Thank you for the super chat. As always, Gecko, appreciate you. So thank you for the context, Hogue. I think that's, uh, I think it's I good. It was helpful. I know yeah. why it's a lot. <laughs> there's a well that's it's good to know the details rather than just talking about you know as we joke about right some of the other people do uh and as you already said you covered this uh thoroughly on your channel as well so if people want more information they can find it there yeah uh and and lastly i'll just say joe i think um we definitively uh made the case for why playstation is dead i was about to make a joke i was about to make a joke yeah. <laughs> lion ryan his company of thieves and his poor <laughs> shipping materials <laughs> exactly <laughs> we'll ruin the day <laughs> whatever well that that you know in terms of context it is interesting that the cma goes out with that as hurting sony is such a big problem when one of the things that sony did immediately before that is increase the price of their console in that market by 10 percent, which is generally the way that you would indicate that you have market control slash market power <laughs> yeah. uh and so it's like well, that is an interesting background to look at this situation in. That is terrible funny. timing on their part. I'm actually really interested in it because Sony had to know. We knew the time we knew the UK was looking at it. And we knew they had a September deadline of this kind of thing. They might not have been expecting a press release on it, but it's just wild. That $50 increase in these various jurisdictions is exactly how you prove market power. Um yep. it's wild. That's the uh and yeah. it's going to work in those those uh, markets, by the way. Work means, I mean, we you prove market power by saying you're going to have uh, a material increase for an indeterminate amount of time, but it's significant, and you'll make more money. Like, that's market power. And Sony doesn't do it if they don't think they're going to make more money. Correct. So I, you just announced you have market power in, like, all these jurisdictions on Earth, except the U.S. Yeah. All major markets, too. We're not talking about little yep. markets. Yeah. Some of them are little, but yeah, they're... 
It's not. I see someone saying, has the EU said anything? No, not really. You get leaks just like with the FTC. Uh, the UK version of this is wild. And I have to admit, it's not like I'm following every UK antitrust action. Uh, and I'm sure that they do this for their other deals. I was flabbergasted by them going out with that kind of Twitter thread because it's so damaging to anybody that's trying to look at it as a lay person or otherwise. It was damaged. I mean, I had to look into it to see like, what did you just find? Um, before I was like, oh my God, well, video series, you could actually see me like go through the process of reading it and say, all right, live show. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I uh, appreciate it. And obviously uh, this is probably not the last we'll talk about it. So more to come on that front. All right. If they're going to announce every aspect of their investigation. It's at least interesting for us. Right, right. All right. So the other controversy that broke out on Thursday, there's been a lot of fun this Number week. Number three. Yeah, yeah. It's been, <laughs> uh, I told you it was going to be a fun show. Uh, was around Halo Infinite. Um, so on oh, yes, Thursday. We, do we have a versus Ains? We need a versus between. I know. I got to get one in the middle. So it's like a, a diagonal. Yeah, so you can go any direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm not as, I just want to, we'll get to it. I just want to provide context. Uh, Cause I'm not as, I'm not like a blind apologist. I think some think I am. Um, and I, I know said you Joe, were generous. I said you were generous. Yeah, no, no, not you, Hogue. But I, I think um, like me, Joe and Luke have talked about this pretty extensively too on Cast Co-op. Um, but anyway, let, let's give the details first. So yes. on Thursday, three four uh three four three gave a look at their future roadmap and what's coming to halo infinite over the se next several months uh they did so in two ways they had a long blog post and some new images and content descriptors uh but primarily they did a 31 minute video or so with uh joseph stoughton sketch who is community director and the head of live service delivery sean Barron uh at three four three and the first thing i will say is what's funny about this is well let me continue. So they gave what's coming in November, which was the original season three. We're going to talk about it. Um, but that what content delivery is coming there. And then uh, the content delivery that's coming in March and how those things tie together and why. So the first thing I'll say is that when I first saw the image, right, and I, I look through the details and, and obviously I'm tied into this a lot more closely than most people, I think, because of how into the details with Halo I am. Um first saw the image and I saw that their new quote season three was pushed to March. I said, this is going to be for lack of a better word, a shit, sh a shit storm, right? This you is had your finger on the pulse for that one. You could recognize, yeah, was, oh, that's going to go badly. This is, this is bad already, right? Like uh, you guys did not word this well. So I immediately watched the video when it came out. Um, I've watched it actually twice only because I'm that interested in details. Right. Um, and let me express what's actually coming and then uh hogue we can talk about or everyone we can talk about um the delivery here right so what they've done is there is the content delivery coming on november i think that's eight the image is little here um <clears throat> so first things first campaign co-op and forge campaign co-op mission select and forge will be delivered on november 8th uh those are the big kind of additions to the game that people have been waiting on right um with Forge, you get a content browser, which is standard in Halo, if you know it. It means that as the community creates maps, creates game modes, etc., you can look through those, search through them, and download them to play with your friends. You can create custom games and all this other stuff. Uh, two new maps are coming called Detachment and Argyle. Um, a new game mode is coming called Covert One Flag, which they described. Um, there's going to be an event in December, like a free event in December, a free event in January. There's going to be a free... 30 tier battle pass 
in uh, on November 8th that will focus on Reach, some of the uh, heavily requested armors and cosmetics uh, that the community has asked for. Um, <clears throat> they're going to kick off HCS, which is the Halo Championship Series year two. And it's also going to be the beginning of what they are redesigning their career progression to be. So if you know Halo Infinite, a lot of people were, the, were upset with the way they delivered challenges and you having to complete challenges to progress your battle pass. They said that they are going to rework this to make it more career-based, where just playing matches and your performance gives you a certain amount of XP and you level up your battle pass and your career level. Uh, they said that months ago. This is going to be the beginning of that and them fine-tuning it. Now, they're calling this the winter update. Uh, and the reason they gave for this not being called Season 3, even though it delivers about 95% of what Season 3 would have been, is because they they said, this is their words, not mine, the, th the free 30-tier battle pass and the new, because they're testing the new career progression XP model, is they want to fine-tune that with the community uh, without having customers pay for a new battle pass come this fall because they don't think, they were transparent as you can be, they don't think they're going to nail this career prog uh, career progression on day one. So they want to basically work with the community through this free battle pass to fine-tune the career progression XP model that they're developing. And then in March, they're going to kick off the formal Season 3 with a new paid and free 100-tier battle pass, more content, more maps, more modes, and all the other stuff that comes along with that. So the first thing I'll point out, I'll get your guys' thoughts on, is, is that the content drop in November is actually the biggest content drop that 343 has had yet. It's basically, like I said, it's about 90%, 95% of what you would get with Season 3 anyway. The only difference being you're not getting a new 100-tier Battle Pass. Instead, you're getting this free 30-tier Battle Pass. Uh, it also delivers, as I said, uh, Forge and Co-op, which you know have been moment, uh, contra you know, controversial since release, right? So the first thing I will ask is, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it was a mistake to call this, to change the wording of this to winter update and move season three proper to March? And what does that look like for you from the outside? Now, I know, Joe, you play quite a bit of Halo, obviously, and you're familiar here. Travis, you don't play a ton of Halo, but you're very familiar with live service delivery. And then Hogue, if I keep me honest here, you don't play a lot of Halo, but obviously we talk about it here often. So I think we have kind of four unique perspectives as we talk about this. Well, I played Halo Infinite, and I'll be honest, I, I got I booted out of the multiplayer because I thought the challenge method was so god-awful. Um, I mean, I okay. thought it was Fair. absolutely horrid. Um, and so, you know, it is the kind of change that would get me back. I'm not very interested in you testing it out, so I won't be back in November. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... I don't play it a ton. I don't like Halo Infinite as a product. So I'm, I'm, I, I, let's get my tilts out of there, just period. Um, but I, I think it's interesting. You know, you, you said like these things are happening um, in November. So you feel pretty confident we're in September, early September now, that there's not going to be any more sliding on the stuff that they just announced in the 30 minutes uh, for the winter update itself. <laughs> you know, as I'm, I'm just asking for confidence level. I'm no, not, no, 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 no. I know. And I, the, the reason I laugh, right. Is, is for what should be obvious reasons, which is uh, my confidence in three, four, three is shaken a bit. And I, and I think that's fair, obviously fair. Uh, and they have let things slide. And the one thing we didn't, I didn't mention as a big, I, negative I, know, I was going to, I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. Which we can touch on, right. Is that they announced that split screen co-op, which they previously promised is canceled. 
they're not delivering that. So that's well, like promised big promise. Like, I mean, I think we have to set this up, right? Because it's not one of those like bullet points. that was just somewhere like they made a big deal out of split. They did. They did. Um, and it, to me, it's like when you sign those checks, you are expending goodwill and PR. And it's the kind of thing like when you go out there in a, on a stage, I usually for most companies say, well, they're bound to that. Like I can at least trust that that'll happen sometime, even if they wind up taking a resource bath on it or whatever, because they've, they've committed psychologically to that. One of the things that happens with that breakdown, I don't care about split screen that much, is that you've severed that for me with your company, which you already did a little bit with the Master Chief collection. And so it's like, while we watch this happen, I say, all right, you're not trustworthy at all. So I'm, I'm not trying to come down too hard, but it's like, okay, so I don't even know how many release dates Forge and online co-op have had. I don't know, you know, all these kinds of things because I haven't followed Halo as much as you. I know the impression as an outsider to some extent right now is that it feels a little anthony or it feels a little star citizen-y. Every time I see a roadmap, I look at it and I say, is that not out already? I thought there was a date. We passed the date, right? When I said that one. <laughs> yeah, like, like Because I'm not following it that closely. So it's like, that's still on the roadmap. And, and that's the feel I have from, from afar. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I read your article, and Yours was the first article I read. And you're Thank describing you. it. And even as I'm reading, I was like, that's pretty nice to them in terms of like the interpretation of, of what's happening. Because this is a slide. This is a slide announcement, right? This is a cancellation and a slide. Um, because Forge was... In a way. August. I mean, like people thought Forge was coming right now. Forge I, I, was right? originally a September target. Okay. Well, but but it was it was coming right now, no yes. longer. And it, and it had been thought of to be at the start of like season two. And then it wasn't like there's, uh, there's all sorts of bouncing. Uh, for no forge was always season three um okay. but co-op was with season two like i co-op co with season two correct. okay so like again for somebody not following it you kind of asked my impression it's like yep. my impression is trash fire and roadmap <laughs> and timing and I, I mean that sincerely like i i don't yeah i don't know 343 i don't know joe uh staten seems to be more communicative which i think is great yep. um but the impression is uh Tell me when it's finished, y'all. Like, like that's literally like, tell me when it's done, and so let, I'll, I'll give it another try. So that that wording I find interesting, and I know Travis has some commentary here, but I, I think what I would uh, say back to that is, it's never going to be finished. The, I mean, tell I, me when your product is something you're 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 proud of. All right, nothing that you ever say now suggests to me that you're happy with the state of the game. That's right. Okay. You're working that's, on uh, you're working on an XP stuff. You're working on Forge. You're working on Co-op. Tell me when you think that substantially all the features are in and that you've got a progression system that you're happy with, will you? Okay. All right. I think that's that's probably fairer than finish. The word finish is dangerous, right? I I'm uh, not. Yes, and that's fair. I'm not using it to mean done. I'm using it to mean it's fully baked. You can keep yeah. changing the apple pie if you want, but if there's a, there is an apple pie there, and I don't feel like it is. Yeah. I think they're probably happy with the state of the game. What they're not happy with is the state of their live service model, which Correct. is atrocious. I, I So this is something that Ains and I talked about offline is, you know, th this has happened to every live service games, including the one that has the ones that have, have succeeded. The first year of content delivery and live service is a nightmare. Uh, and Hogue, you had tweeted earlier this week that you don't you don't recommend as a, a company model to, to, you know, hang your hat on hope. Uh, and because we now know, because we've talked to enough of uh, these developers on this show and other places, 
that they don't actually build live service teams until they're sure that their game is going to be a hit. So they basically don't prep for live service, which seems crazy to me, right? Uh, is is that hope is sort of the only model here. Like that first year, they have to hope that their, that their player base hangs out or at least puts up with them being terrible at doing this. And then eventually they get good at it and then the, the live service gets good. But like, you know, Destiny's had a f- full years with nothing. You know, another controversy uh, I had this week. <laughs> correct. Like <laughs> w- w- they've, they've had like a full year with nothing in it. More multiple years, actually, where that happened. They've had years where they've gone backwards in content and not delivered <clears throat> uh, stuff that they've had to do. And we've also seen really successful games like, you know, Apex Legends not have any content for a really long time after it initially launched and also push all of its projects because they weren't ready to support it with live service because they didn't expect their game would be such a hit. So my my thinking with this is like, this is pretty par for the course. That does not mean that it is beyond criticism or that players shouldn't be pissed yeah, about I mean, it's, it. It's, it's not my it, problem it folder. Exactly. It's not my problem folder and it's annoying every time it happens. And I keep wondering when the F our industry is going to figure out that you should prepare for live service that you, it should, why is the norm that the first year you figure it out and the game's just, you know, floundering. (laughs) I will say this. I, for those who say it's like doom saying, and for those who say like, Oh, this game is dead because they missed that window. It's just not how live service games work. Live service games die and then are reborn hundreds of times Every time Destiny comes out with an expansion, six months later, it is effectively dead. It has very few people online. And then when they release something, they get like 2 million pre-orders and then the game is alive again. And I, that to me is normal too. Like, Okay, Travis, but isn't there a little bit of like winner's prejudice there, right? Because there are there is the broken dead detritus of live services games around those ones that did have Correct. those periods of time. Correct. But the the difference between those seems to be is the company willing to suck for a year or more. And if the answer is yes, the game eventually comes out of the hole. If the answer is no, it's it's done. Like you've seen Bleeding Edge, like how long did they try at that game? It was like yeah. a couple months. Oh, Anthem there's there's, got, a, there's a graveyard of these examples. Yeah, yeah. A- Anthem is probably the highest profile one because they seemed like they were trying for a while and we saw the exact same thing that Halo's doing but then they gave up right when it seemed like they were maybe getting close to something and so it was that Don't year hurdle it was that year hurdle of like of of they didn't cross that that apparent year of sucking and then eventually figuring it out uh and you know as somebody who likes life service games i would just like it if they didn't if they prepared for this if people realized that this is not a good situation some games like halo you know that that game isn't going to fail. So why wouldn't you build a live service game in advance of it? And I think that 343 was just following the tried and true model of what's worked before. They said, we'll build our game and then we'll build a live service team once that game is out. And it's just, sometimes, it's just why do that? Why is every game Travis, that way? You have to admit that live services is a bad fit for whatever your talent base is, right? We look at the Avengers. We look at Crystal Dynamics. That company never wanted to make that game. Um, and so I, I, mean, I, I will think- fully admit, I fully admit that Hogue, but the, the, the live service team is not the team that made Halo Infinite. The team that made Halo Infinite made a, and they, sh- I would argue they shipped a completed good game. I was going to mention that the, as well. The, pro- the problem is that I would argue they didn't. Be- I know you would. Well, well I mean, that's neither personal opinions there. aside, it's an 87 yeah. meta. I mean, right. Yeah. So they, is. they shipped, they shipped what, what is generally considered a good game. And then 
usually you have a separate team that does the live service part and they're not the same developers as the people that want to work on a full game. The people who want to work on the full game will work on the next Halo Infinite major expansion. The people who work on the live service team will work on seasons and they'll work on skins and they'll work on all that, you know, stuff. And th that I'm sure that some developers prefer that model because they get to, you know, be live and work on fun little projects and they, they don't have big sprints and all that. Uh, it, 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 so I, I don't think that that's a problem. The problem is, why wouldn't you just build the live service team while you're building the game in tandem they and prepare they, for it? Yeah, it's well, very like, obvious yeah. they were not prepared. Uh, were not I mean, prepared. that's the thing. It, like, it, 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 it confuses me because you're in Halo. You spent, you know, yeah, the was it five hundred million dollars on this game? You would think you'd have that team in place. And to me, it's not just like, you know, it, it's not just that the live service element or or the the monetization sucks or or whatever have you. The progression sucks. It's, I, man, give me something more. Like we don't even have zombies, right? Like we don't or inf infected. Like we don't even have that. We like, where's the new maps? Can we shuffle some things out? No, What's there's, that? No no? there's no infected yet. No, there's infected in some of the um the forge game, but not <clears throat> yeah, no. And that sucks. And so it's just like, where's the content? Because like I'm hearing destiny, and I think that's a fair point. Anybody that's trying to use destiny as the you know that that's no, I think Travis, you were 100 percent right. I mean, there. I I would I, I would challenge anyone to find a live service game that is successful that did not go through a gauntlet of sucking at live service first. It's just there I've, are no. Trust examples. me, I've tried because I have this argument yeah. all the time, and yeah. I haven't found one yet. In fact, I found it, by the way, just because I say that, that doesn't mean it's excusable for three four three. Correct. They yeah. have no excuse. Correct. Like it, you should be pissed at them. But also, if you're going to point at other live service games, like you can, I, I would, that is, I think it's luck. a it's. It's a bad defense or a bad way of like you know attacking or whatever, um, because to me the the only argument I would see there is like in the land of Destiny's Apexes, Fortnites, Halo has to penetrate those markets, and I don't see that happening when the content is just so sparse. And that's my biggest issue because for me as a fan, once I heard uh, season three is in March, I'd even bother reading uh, anything because I was just like, all right, I guess I'll play it maybe in March. But like the fact that there's not even like a new gun or like a, a new map or a little mode here or there um, in, in the almost a year I've, I've played it. And I, again, there's been a map. Like I think there's been what one or two maps added, um, but like, there's not enough content that keeps me engaged for months on end. And that is just really frustrating as someone who wants to see Halo succeed. Um, I, I, I've become skeptical because I'm like, yeah, Forge is, Forge is neat, but I don't know if that's going to, you know, get the mass market back to them. Um, it's cool that it's, it's cool that like, well, I mean, it let's will. be real. Like, like I mean, Halo not, Five, maybe, maybe not Forge is a feature, but like you yeah. see this with every game. Like, people leave and then they go, "Oh, the game's dead." What will ever get them to come back? And then it turns out content. And when you add content, yeah. people come back. Go figure, it's not right? Forge. And, I, to me, not, it's not. I, it's, I, it really I, I'll, I'll take. I'll take that, Hogue. Probably not Forge, but you be. You might be surprised because. I mean, Minecraft is basically just a forge mode. Like, you know, there's elements of that in Fortnite. Minecraft I think is a forge mode that people can understand. I actually, one of the things I was really interested in Nane's article is I like, 
I think they might have gone too far. I think they went little big planet <laughs> to dreams. You don't know Halo <laughs> players, Hug. They'll never <laughs> no, go too far with Forge. Like, because the thing about Forge is you're usually playing other for mass market. For mass market, I don't think Forge, as described as I have seen it, is attractive to the mass market. I don't. I, I, think, it is, be... I think it is in the same way Roblox is, right? Like so, it's so, it, it it not everyone's gonna be a creator, but you can be players of content that's created and that will get people to play. It's possible. I, I will I, I will give you though, Hogue, it's not gonna do the numbers that a proper content drop will do. That that's for yeah. sure true. Yeah. Now the only caveat I'd add there because and I see Abe's in the chat too, because we were just talking about this the other day is one of the one of the issues a, a hardcore Halo guy like me has, right, is that uh because Forge has been around for so long and the only name it's ever had is Forge, right? Uh, people make the assumption of like, well, Halo Reach had Forge. Why doesn't Halo Infinite have Forge? And what I think people miss in that conversation is that the tool set, right, is drastically different. And in fact, and I think, Hogue, this might have been what you were touching on, is that the Forge that 343 has been developing for the past few years now and that will be delivered here in November and, and obviously tuned for time to come is it's almost like a game creation suite it is so far beyond what's ever been delivered by a halo game or 343 or bungie for that matter um it is it is absolutely phenomenal and i'm not going to preach about everything in it right here because i don't think men that many people to your point are that interested but yeah. the peep the people the capability i should say of it output. is yeah, yeah the, the output, output of it is incredibly vast and and what I didn't touch on is that they've already announced, assuming it doesn't slip to, to the point we're making here, in March, right, is the custom game browser. And I think many people overlooked that. And why Are I they said, not going to have a browser for the Forge launch? No, no. See, th this is where nuance matters, right? Or, okay, or yeah. details matter. So yeah. when Forge launches in November, it has a uh, the standardized browser that Forge comes with. And what that means is, is that you can go through and find all the creations people make, whether it's game modes, uh, game types, uh, maps, et cetera, right? You okay. can download those to your profile, and then I could create a game where the four of us and all, everyone in chat could go play it and have fun with it. That is what's called like standard. That's been standard in Forge since the beginning, right? Okay. What comes in March is custom game browser. And what that means is that in they're running live games on servers for across globally, all of these wild game creations and maps and everything you can think of that you can search by and match make and join live. So for instance, someone in Australia has created a duck hunt mode, right? That is they're playing right now with their friends. I can see that. And if obviously if they make it joinable, I can jump in, play with them, et cetera. So it, it basically creates like a live server database of private custom games. They're not even private custom games okay. that you can jump into. That is that I think in Travis, don't let me put words in your mouth, but that is, I think, where the differentiator and what Forge can do for the community, especially content creation, because let's not forget how big streaming, YouTube, and all these other things are to these communities nowadays. That's why Apex is uh, uh, um, doing so well, arguably. I mean, it's a great game. Um, but that, once you get to custom games and you start to see these insane creations that are made and they're shared and people are streaming the times they're having with them and YouTube videos are being made of them, I do think that will have an impact uh, to the popularity of, of the game in general. But I also agree that Forge itself and, and what we're talking about here is not necessarily, at least not in the short term, uh, the game changer that Halo needs to kind of what we would say recover from this 
you know, uh, for me with any kind of user generated stuff, I need really good curation. I need some sure. way to tell the wheat from the chap. That's what I always have problems with is, is I don't trust you all. I don't trust you all not to make some kind of weird trophy board or otherwise hit me with your political stances or something. Okay. <laughs> so I need somebody to go in there and tell me when a five star is really a five star and not some kind of weird thing. Uh, so that's why it doesn't drive stuff for me. I know I'm not the market on this. You, whoever said Roblox is a great reference because that's there's tons of people that just do that. Yeah, Minecraft um, realms. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, that's a great reference, and I, I will, I will, I will yield to that. Um, <laughs> but I don't see it driving. I don't see it driving Halo um, for people like me. And maybe there's just I agree. Just only one hog. I agree. I, th I think that's absolutely fair, and and that's why I think. You know, when I look at this, it was, again, like I said, I don't try to be a 343 apologist, even though I'm, I'm sure I come off like one or people think I am. I'm, I'm quite critical of them. In generous in spirit. Generous in spirit. Well, you're generous, nice Ains, and I understand that. I understand yeah. being generous to people you love. Charitable. Except his interns. Except I like his that interns. hand move by Travis. That I was know. like Godfather type thing. I know. You are a generous soul. We yeah. want to encourage that. <laughs> Do it for the family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I... What I, you know, because like I said, I really studied these details. And, and then if you look at what's coming in, so what they, we didn't even touch on yet, what they're then doing, right, is you've got this winter update period, which is four months long. So we already, yeah. we already criticized them previously. We all did the whole community for six months, moving season two to six months, right, which felt too long. And it is too long. This winter update is four months. And then they get the March. And basically what the live service director said, Sean Barron, um, is that you can see the dates they're doing there is March 7th to June 27th, which is, what, 15 weeks? And he said what they're trying to target is 13-week seasons. That's their ideal state, which is three months, so a week over three months, right? That's their ideal state so that they can have uh, a, a drop, basically, a new drop every quarter in the game, which will include maps, modes, features, etc. Um, and then in between these quarterly full-on season and battle pass drops, right, they're doing what they call the drop pods, which are essentially um, they're updates to the game, but more focused on quality of life. So they're they're bug fixing, they're tuning, they're they're modifying weapons, they're giving you more customization options. There's stuff we wouldn't ordinarily expect to give credit for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you know, then they mention you know new equipment, a new weapon, more maps, and everything in March. So yeah. I think what he made clear right is they're doing this winter update four months. They're going through it. They're doing the new career. They're tuning this. They're obviously be other back-end fixes in progress and then once they hit march they're uh they according to them at this point in time yes 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 as announced <laughs> by them as announced by them and at this point in time uh they're saying that is when they really uh will be in their kind of seasonality what they were calling seasonality approach which is 13 week seasons uh and getting to more of the cadence i think that all of us expect so where i sit on that is halo infinite launches in march and that's another six months from now. And I will check it out then. But I'm also concerned, and maybe we should put a pin in this. We should remember this, that January, February, we hear there's been a slight delay in season three. This is my anticipation from what we've been watching on this. But whenever that actually releases, mm -hmm. hopefully it's March. I want Halo fans to be happy. Um, that's when I would be. I would be likely to jump back in and see what it's like. Yeah, and I, I told Joe and Luke before on Cast Co-op that, and to Travis's point, right, it, we get to the end of 2022, that's 
a year, December 8th, I think that, you know, they launched multiplayer early in November, December, but yeah. December 8th or whatever was launched. Right. So once they get into 2023, that's where I know people like, well, at least I, I'll speak for myself. Of course, that's all I can speak for. Um, but where I would be more critical right now, you've had a year, you you've kind of gotten over the bumps. You've had your delays. You've taken your time after launch to get things in order. Now, it's delivery time and, and shut up and there shouldn't be any more of this. Oh, too. Ains. Listen, I, I, no, 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 no. Ains is committing to this. We'll hold him to this for the next <laughs> go around. Of the Joe, did it, Joe, have I not said this multiple times in our conversation? He no, no. Yes. He's I, I, I'm, I'm saying you're a sweet summer child because you think after a year, the pain Oh, I know. Trust me. I know. I know. Service game. Just know. so you know, that this will not be the first dumpster fire. Live service is brutal and you think, oh, like I've done this so many times with Destiny, probably 12 times i'm like they finally cracked it they figured it out and then like a year later you're like how could they do this it's like they learned nothing and you're freaking out all over well, look i can so. still pull up my xbox box that shows halo as a launch title i mean like that's that's how this has been for the years that we've gone yeah. and watched this it's brutal yeah. uh it's brutal they there's no excuse for it they're a huge studio with lots of resources they should have prepared for it uh i it's fine if their game dies it'll come back as soon as they develop content for it all they have to do is not give up on it that seems to be if you have the if budget to support it what's if it's that day, microsoft won't give up on it exactly. i'm not positive for 343 as it exists right now i i i'm pretty positive about it because i think they're they're doing a pretty good job but i i'll say they're doing a good job handling the ip not doing the live service part but i so okay. this, this this is what i will say there is one area that everybody who deals with live service knows is one of the main factors of whether your game dies or lives. And you can look at basically every single example of a dead live service game, and they did not have this thing. And that is strong community management and communication. Really, that's what does it, dude. If you, if you don't communicate, if you're not constantly making updates, admitting to your faults, keeping that back and forth with the community, you die. And every single live service game had bad communication bad community management anthem bleeding edge go down the list they all do it and all the ones that are alive had good communication all of them it's it's probably the the closest i can come up to is like a through line to what makes a successful game and i do not often give 343 credit when it comes to live service but i will say their community management their communication is really good and so my hope is that that will be enough to carry them through like it seems to have done for all of the other games. Their content is is delivery model is terrible. The fact that they weren't prepared for live service is unforgivable. Their game is languishing for a reason. I'm sure it will come back when they deliver content. But right now, uh, you should not give them credit. Uh, except for that they maybe been we can get a Halo Infinite it. remake in 2024. Well, come back, hey. to, me. <laughs> come hey. back to me when the Activision deal goes through. And and see whether there aren't some strategic changes at the management of the. I Halo. mean, I think they would probably share resources, or there might be some head count, head count changes. But I I I don't think three four three. They can call it whatever they want. No, if it's yeah. included three four three, I still think my point is made. I, I I think we're getting close to example time on the main flagship IP. I think I think we would have to set up some very specific triggers oh, that we, mean you, your win conditions because we need, I we need a big I don't I don't I don't want a uh, I don't want a ju- I, I don't want a junior gameplay designer counting as a as a W in the hood. you know what I mean like I, it needs to be a regime change for you to win that's what I'd say. 
I have uh, a press release from a blo- from a Microsoft blog that announces the new direction of Halo. <laughs> no, I I really think all those conversations are silly. I like I don't think they're handing. I, I don't think three four three is giving up the reins of Halo. I don't think they're gonna go somewhere else. I think Halo is their home. I I don't see because I I, I, like, I well, think Aids what and Travis is he has said they've made that. a great Halo. They've made probably one of the most the sound multiplayer Halo experiences for a while now. It's just the fact that they can't get content to the consumer on content delivery is the complaint. I can promise you. I live in the Halo community. Because like handing this handing this to Treyarch isn't going to fix anything. It's going to make it even more complicated. Right. But if if Treyarch could give them some of the tools that they may need to help the service element, then go for it. That I think that's what uh what will probably happen. I don't think like as another studio is taking Halo. Yeah, it's like it's like they made a great Halo game. Now they yeah. need the the uh, Activision Warzone team, the live service team, to come in and help them manage their live service game. That's very different than changing the direction. That's just like it's for the same reason uh, Sony bought Bungie, right? It's like they. Need I was just gonna team. say that, Travis. They I was need like, the that's, live that's service. Exactly team. why Sony is getting so. ahead of this, in theory with some of the moves they're making and in the process we'll probably destroy destiny by brain draining <laughs> it but yeah there we go that's my that's my dooms thing um i got a couple of super chats that are uh relevant to this topic and uh, sark never disappoints sarko with the 499 super chat he says may need to retain hoga's counsel so that i can add 343 to my will and have them lower me into my grave so they can let me down one last time <laughs> God damn, that's dark. <laughs> the old lion, it's a sports joke. It's a lion. Oh, okay. yeah. It's a, a, a pallbearer. <laughs> yeah. Very well played, sorry. Skull, skull and crossbones, skull and unhappy face. Like that's that's just sadness yeah. right there. Yeah, he got pierced. It's it's and it's it's uh genuine, I can tell you. I know Sark very well. Uh yeah. I want all Halo fans. Yet you have met him in person, like me. I haven't. No, you're right. Um, Mariano Pampa, who is my Halo partner in crime, by the way, we play Halo several days a week. Uh, $10 super chat. He says, One question that I heard on another podcast on this topic was, Should 343 be getting all the blame, or should Xbox Studios as a, as a whole, I guess, a first party, get any of the blame for the state of Halo? Hell uh, he yes. Has- he, uh, he says fix desync and packet loss, which yes. I will I will simply state that there is no finite resource when it comes to blame. So there's enough for everyone. Travis has so much blame for everybody. But no, yeah. honestly, when you hear me talk about Halo, it's not because of Halo. I don't I don't want all Halo fans to be happy. If you get happy, that's great. As Microsoft collects this jillion publishers and developers and everything else. One of the things that really scares me is that they don't appear to have a handle on delivering a product that they can be proud of with their freaking flagship. This is like Mario languishing people. I mean, like, that's what really concerns me. You're buying up all these companies and I don't know that you know how to manage them. So, yes, there's plenty of blame for Phil and Xbox Studios. Hopefully they're up to the task. I sincerely hope it or else gaming is honest to God in a bit of trouble if you put them all in one umbrella, one tent, and then they can't manage the damn thing. So, yes. I'm hopeful yeah, because I, that's the only position I have to be in. I, I'll, I will say I share Hoag's opinion, but only when it comes to live service. I think they've shown they can manage a competent portfolio of studios and deliver games. They just can't maintain them if they require uh, a long tail. None of their live service games have succeeded except for Minecraft, which they didn't really build. So. Uh, I, I don't think Microsoft I think, I think that's a little disingenuous, Travis. Yeah, see what, what, what live services well. have 
Oh, Sea of Thieves. That's a good point. Yeah, All a right. State of Decay. Actually, I just know it's a smaller game. Come on, yeah, yeah. Uh, but State of Decay yeah, two continued to grow. Uh, State of Decay. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, come on. on that one. I mean, it's a live yeah. service game. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves was a better point, and I'll, I'll sure. I will concede. I will concede. I'll say, yeah, okay, fine. Sea of Thieves. They got one success there. My but again, sea of, Thieves, sea of Thieves. By the way, another game that for a year. <laughs> was I, terrible but we're I talking about management here right because microsoft's yeah. management of rare appears to be like we don't know what the hell you're doing in britain uh <laughs> you're gonna make some games and maybe they'll work out and see a thieves like yeah okay but just keep putting money in it and it worked but like everything else rare has done hasn't and what we got a deer in the woods somewhere that's apparently been tried four times like what i'm talking about management is like yes of course bad managers can accidentally get a win on occasion <laughs> see a thieves great Sea of Thieves is a great product. It wasn't when it started out, but yeah. it doesn't appear to be because of Microsoft or Xbox Studios or management. It appears to be like, uh, that one I, turned I, out. It, prob it probably will never be, be because of management because they're not making the game. I, I, I think the proof in the pudding there is products. I, I think the, the proof in the pudding there is that Microsoft stood behind the product and gave them time to figure it out. And not every studio, not every manager does that. Yeah, Some managers just shut it down six months in. Sure, yeah. Anthem. If they were EA, <laughs> if they were EA, see if thieves would have died on the cutting room floor. There'd be a lot of pissed off people. If Apex Legends doesn't time. come out as a kajillion dollar game, it's not going to survive. And then exactly. and, and we're playing Titanfall four. It's so quite I, I, think, I think there is there is value in that. Hogue, it would be my my argument that they support their developers. Microsoft, the I, my, I, so yeah. this is, these are always nuanced discussions, right? I would say Microsoft yes. takes a very hands off approach and is loose slash fair slash however you want to call it with their resources. I don't know that that works across companies. I'm pretty sure it doesn't with a lot of the stuff that we're seeing. And I, I in terms of outside of live services, you say they've released games. With this, with the acquisitions in the last five years, I don't know that there's anything that has been less than 75% complete that they've gotten to the finish line in, in a place that we can give them credit for. I, I'm just looking at the list. I don't think that there's anything. You know, when you're talking about the big successes, Psychonauts 2 was done-ish. Do you, when... do you, do you, well, it's because I think it's because you disagree on a lot of the games people are love and think were popular, like... Halo Infinite and you know the base game. Forza of that. Horizon Five. Forza Horizon Five. Gears Five. No, 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 no. The Forza Gears Halo triangle. I'm usually I'm keeping separate from this. Usually. Okay. Yeah. For, playground. Oh, I don't know why and, you would. Playground and Turn Ten are because I mean, if you have to remove all the examples thing. that disprove your point to prove your point, then how's you know. Playground doing on Fable? <laughs> What's that? How's Playground, how's Playground doing on Fable? <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, we don't know yet. We don't know. Hey, Ains, how am I doing in the Dan role while I just stand back and watch <laughs> good, this fight? It's fun, no, isn't no. it? Is it fun? Yeah. It really is. I was, was doing it earlier now? during the Last of Us part. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, you, I wouldn't comment on games that aren't yet out yet, right? Like, but the ones that they haven't put out that, that seem to be doing pretty good, they get highly reviewed. They were named what publisher of the year or whatever. Not that that means anything, but they. They weren't uh, named it. It was just the highest Metacritic score. Whatever, whatever. Whoever, <laughs> that, that happened, whatever. Whoever cares. Uh, I, I they, they put out some games. That's all I'm saying. Some of them are good. I, I see. As usual, I'm kind of between you guys. I agree with both of you because I, I see Travis's point. Yeah, they they have delivered games that have been quality, but I also see Hoag's point. I've said the same thing, which is there's a, a huge umbrella of developers that they've not only acquired, but have added to the roster. They've been hiring thousands of people over the past, since about 2017, late 2017, early 2018. Five years, yeah. 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 And, and, and to accurate. that point, right, 
they have yet to show truly that a lot of these studios can deliver a AAA product. We haven't seen games from a lot of these studios yet. We haven't seen Hellblade 2 actually release. We haven't seen Compulsion's game. We haven't seen the Fables, the, the Perfect Darks. The, the Initiative, yeah. Yeah, all these other things. So there, it's still, jury is still out is what I would say. Yeah, they still fair. have to prove themselves. Yeah. Fair, fair. I yeah. don't agree. I don't disagree with any of you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think we're yeah. mostly on the same page. It's just the way. I think they're a good publisher. We need yeah. them to succeed yeah. at this. Like, right? We, I mean, like, we all want them to. So many yeah. resources. Yeah. I, I will say. I will say this. I. I. I think Hogue. The one place that you and I can see common ground is their very hands-off approach doesn't always work, and I think they need to get better at using the iron glove when appropriate. They need both. I, that's iron exactly. Fist? I have a video Double on glove, that. Which is like, yeah, I have a video on that, which is like, okay, clearly some of these teams need. A stronger hand. Yeah. You know, sorry, you're the sorry, person, you're you're the person to deliver it, Hoke. You know, this, the, these, you. these teams, need, they, need, they need to crunch. That's, Phil, that's if you what need consigliere business strategy help, I'm happy to be a strong hand on this stuff. <laughs> you know, let's go in there. Let's make it happen. No, but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, Oblivion's delivery on games. We've got In Exiles working on multiple projects. You know, we've talked about this, right? And... and it's very fair to say that each studio and each leadership uh, kind of regime uh, that is in each of these studios is, is going to be unique personalities that may or may not require additional push to get things out on time. Um, you can't, I think it's fair to say, you can't just take a completely hands-off approach of 23 studios and several thousand developers and think it's all just going to work out. <laughs> oh, here's an here's another example I'd like to throw out for Microsoft seemingly succeeding at live service yeah, through please. Sheer Force of Will. Grounded. It's about to cross that year threshold. And I think it's uh and one dot is releasing soon. Grounded yeah, and, and it, it, yeah, it's oh, I mean it's about to cross the year threshold of it being a live service essentially. And it seems like they've actually built the team and the momentum and Microsoft supported them, even though it's a studio that has never done a game like this before, and they were just passionate about it and supported it. So there are examples where the, the Velvet Glove works. I just think, you know, to your point, Hogue, they need to I don't think I have a problem. I, yeah, if I if I misstated anything, I apologize. I know Microsoft, I've always said, has been very hands-off and clearly willing to throw money around. Like, and that works for, like, I, Psychonauts, Sometimes it 2 works. To me, yeah. Psychonauts 2 to me is their big win, which is you just handed Tim Schafer three times as much money and it worked out much better than it would have without you. Um, the game was awesome. And, yeah, it is awesome. Amazing. Thanks it for is. making me play it, Ains. I spent my entire winter break last year playing that game. So. It is awesome. No, it's it all is. Right. Did you just stop eh? it, uh, Joe? Joe, I, you know what? I just your favorite developer is Lionsgate, so I don't really have any. <laughs> not even, it's not even. You'll never guess it. it it's Lions it's Lionsgate Studio. That's your favorite developer. Yeah. Well, listen again, like Psychonauts. I, I'm glad people like it. Double Fine, talented studio. That's it. I'm glad that you guys I, like it. I'm not even like I'm not even saying this to me, but I'm glad that you I know, guys like I, it. No. Um, it's funny. Uh, no accounting for taste. I was going to say a few minutes ago, because you mentioned Apex Legends, uh, yeah. which I've been playing a lot recently, and uh, it's in a really good space. It has more players than it's ever had. Uh, but funny enough, I, I went back uh, when I was talking to Halo about someone and found an article from 2019, no joke, where they detail out, while Apex Legends had a great launch, it's now losing players and Respawn can't deliver content, and they, need, and they were basically in panic mode that the game is dying. 
And I just had yeah, to laugh. They didn't have a character to add for like six months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then they added a character, right? The map was yeah. the same and you know what I mean? And it's it just, I had to laugh and I'm like, dude, this is one of the biggest games in the world right now. I mean, it's, it's yeah. num, you know, top streamed, played across platforms. And it's just, it's funny to look at it that way. Uh, and by the way, Chad has been screaming at us about Minecraft. Uh, that, it's not that Microsoft's win, bud. Sorry, it's Mojang's. <laughs> I literally was just typing a comment to responding to that effect. So there you go. Read my comment. It's, <laughs> I, I don't give them credit for that. It's it's not Microsoft's win. I'm glad they're, they are stewards. A perfect word. Stewards would be a good word there. Yeah, uh, I think. Um, yeah, it's different when the game is already successful and they take Business it over Daddy versus, is what versus I was delivering. Told. How about this? I'll pull a hoke here. They've been great stewards, and I think that means something in a in a big way because look at when Disney bought Star Wars. Oh no, they were no. not good stewards of it. Why? Why would you do this? <laughs> I just like to trigger folks. It's all Travis. Travis, a little bit of chaos. We need to get off this podcast pretty soon, so we can't go down this road. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm deliberately in a detente, the Christmas detente, where we're 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 gonna have a truce on this. I know Ryan Johnson had a lot of stuff to say this week. We're just going to put it aside, okay? You and me, Travis, we can do this together. We buddy. have a truce. truce. I love you, Hogue. I, I love you don't too, agree man. with you, but that's fine, and and we're not going to fight each other today. We're not going to yep. let Joe because, do this to us. Because that would be the that would be the path of dark side. And we right. don't do that. La- uh, yeah, Last Jedi wasn't good, but Star Wars is I'm going to start with you. We're not going to let Joe hearing. do this to us, Travis. Last Jedi was beautiful and fantastic, and I love we're you, We're not going to – Travis <laughs> – we're that not gonna let you do it either don't do it don't do it i'm moving on i'm moving on I'm, uh, I, I need a, a gavel like i need something i can slam down you know uh oh, man, we, that was good you guys held it together really well i'm really proud yeah. of you, guys. you can't break us i had so many people trying to get me to go off on twitter this week i'm i what have i been saying i'm a cool still pond <laughs> um and i'm just out here loving it we do right. have a super chat. I'm I'm done. I'm moving on. We do have a super chat from Gio Rio. It's a, a little random one, but we'll we'll pop it up here. Ten euro super chat off topic. He says Hoke a while back has uh, said that you started Elden Ring again from new. How was your experience this time? And Ains, uh, you said you restarted Elder Scrolls Online. How's that experience going? I got to precisely the same place I got to last time on Elden <laughs> Ring before another shiny came in front of me like a squirrel. Uh, so I will try once again because everybody promises me greatness. It doesn't. It doesn't get me to that place that that drive that, that drives you forward, right? So it, it doesn't it doesn't get into that place where like I've been like a crazed obsessive in a David Fincher movie with immortality at one in the morning. Where in the hell is that last clip? Uh, you know, uh, it's not that for me. Um, so uh, I'm at now, the same now, place. I'll try again. Follow up, uh, Hogue. Um, how, how's that? Uh, how's that Xenoblade Three going? 58 hours, chapter four. <laughs> He's never going to finish it, folks. He's never going to finish it. Wow. It's I'm amazing. cranking on it. It's a great game. Dude, uh, it's, a, it's a great game, but I, I think I'm going to win this bet, Hug. I think that's going <laughs> to... Uh, just to answer the Super Chat, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I'm very similar to Hogue. I played it for like an hour and a half. Uh, and then like eight other games landed, you know, on my lap and I have not gone back to it. For the record, my last Elden Ring run was 15 hours in terms of comparing. Okay, I'm not like Hogue Hogue. then. I played a lot less time. (laughs) 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 But thank you, Gio. As always, appreciate you. Um, uh, One last topic today, guys, I wanted to touch on was uh, the news Assassin's Creed 
it was obviously leaked. Everyone was talking about it. And then Ubisoft came out and basically said, okay, fine. Well, we'll, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll really, ah, <laughs> uh, this is, yes, it's real. Gosh, can't just wait like patient human beings. So Assassin's Creed Mirage uh, is official. It is going to be shown at Ubisoft Forward event, which we'll be talking about next week because Ubisoft Forward is this week, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on the 10th, whenever whenever the 10th is. I don't even have my calendar. Show me the rabbits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that conference is this week. But uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, what we do know about it, the leaked details is that this is set in Baghdad in the 9th century. The protagonist is Basim, who we already talked about previously and knew. It's got to be the 9th century then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right same dude uh, uh it takes a place across apparently four cities uh eagle vision returns but this is their back to the basics quote um assassin's creed there will be no kind of rpg did they, full did they confirm four cities because i know schreier argued it did ubisoft come out and say that no, no. ubisoft okay. hasn't said anything officially other than we're going to show you this on the 10th so they uh, said multiple cities schreier says no so we'll there's see. debate yeah there's debate um uh, Eagle Vision returns, and then uh, the whole back to the basic approach, no leveling, uh, focus on assassinations, that type of thing, and supposedly releasing in spring. Hmm. So maybe yeah, what? Also, but also for, supposedly what was going to be an expansion for your Valhalla, and they got so big they had to sell it separately. I always love as a press item. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, UB. Yeah, we'll see. I would assume I, I forget how Ubisoft does their fiscal year, but I'm sure that's going to play into that. So that could mean March. It could mean well, June. their fiscal year is about to change when they get sold. <laughs> so. You know, as much as we joke about Ubisoft, this was uh, occurring to me as I was typing this up this morning is that, uh, you know, we joked about how Ubisoft has managed things over the past year plus outside of Valhalla, really, which has done well for them. But they're about to have a what we would call maybe a more classic Assassin's Creed launch along with Rabbids, to your point, on the Switch. And I would bet both of those games are going to sell gangbusters. Rabbids will, be, Rabbids will sell, but it won't sell anything like numbers like the other publishers want. Um, I think That's they're true. about to find out that their shift into Witcherland uh, is the, what they have cultivated as Assassin's Creed fans. And I suspect this is going to hit a bit of a wall. So we'll see. Meaning, I th if I take your point correctly, meaning they've done over a billion dollars, as they said many times. Valhalla is Bahala. massive. Yeah, I don't think Mirage is going to do that. I don't think Mirage is going to come anywhere close. And I think you might see, yeah. you, know, you know, when you see the pushback when they go Origins, I think you're going to see the pushback in reverse. Um, yep. And they're going to have to announce that whatever their next thing is, is Valhalla-like. Like we're, we're, we're going back to basics, and then we're going back to... <laughs> advanced back to the future yeah <laughs> the best part is that their uh their assassin's creed live service approach that they're moving into after mirage is titled infinite what could go wrong That's nothing right. ever goes wrong with anything named infinite it always works Pogue, can we extend our truce to bioshock please to, to bioshock? bioshock i didn't, it didn't yeah. even come into my head Okay. <laughs> yes the truth was extended but okay. no I, it wasn't I, I was not even thinking that so there you well, go you guys don't what, remember Hogan, what are your Hogan, thoughts Hogan, on Bioshock he doesn't let no, we don't, we, we're stronger than this Travis we're we stronger are, than you him. and I it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I, can't, I can't I can't fight him on this one we uh there are a couple other there are okay. stop it Joe stop it Ooh. don't do it Ooh. you're gonna open I'm up a bag a bag of Hogan you don't open We've retreaded this ground. You're right, Joe. It's rare. You're right. But uh, I, I can't fight Hogan. <laughs> I, look, if you like Echoes of Echoes and you think... Okay, okay. Hey, 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 hey. 
That's right. That was great. Order. Order on the show. Order on the show. Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, other thing we'll talk about next week, uh, we don't have time for, is uh, uh, CD Project Red is back, apparently. They're doing a Night City Wire on Tuesday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern. They said they're going to talk about... Okay, they're going to talk about Edge Runners, the Netflix show, but they're also going to talk wow. about uh, the Cyberpunk expansion. So we'll have more to talk about next week on that. Impress me, CD. I hope so. And we do have one final super chat from Eric, Mr. Game Positive. He said, you are all handsome AF. P.S. Play Agree to disagree. Game Positive, I'm very sorry about your cute macular degeneration, but we do have treatments that can help you through that process. <laughs> yeah. This is the lowering of standards you were talking about, Hoke. This is the... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't help but notice that uh, Ains changed the cyberpunk chair. Did uh, CD Project Red take it back from you? Did you say something? No, he's wearing the shirt, thing? dude. Look at the shirt. Oh, are, are, are you really? Okay. In all seriousness, this is a chair from a company that I'm doing a uh, review on. So I've been using it all week. Oh, all right. All right. Very yeah. neat. Very neat. Um, so you're, yeah. you're working right now. I am. See? Well, I've been moving and dude. stretching and yeah. That's that's called a side gig right there. Two jobs yeah, at the it. same time. Vid- look out for the video tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there it is. Things <laughs> doesn't always do the drops right. That was awesome. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm working on it. I've been working on it. We 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 got a super chat just now from EJ uh, Oros. That's a fr- that's a, a friend of the show. Uh, he comes to us from the last word. So excellent! Thanks for, thanks for checking Oro. out Bitcast. Bro. I like that this isn't tied to a specific subject. This should be our evergreen tweet. We just put in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome! Thanks for checking us out and swinging by, DJ Oros. Uh, appreciate the five dollar super chat. Agree to disagree. Much love. That's how Agreed. Travis and I live our lives. That's right. That's right. <laughs> appreciate you. So with that, it's been we're, a great show, guys. Oh, go ahead, Travis. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Hogan and I are like that married couple where one of us is like a hardcore conservative and the other one's a hardcore liberal. And we just, we have to, I don't know how that works. We can't talk about, you guys know those couples. I don't know how that works. I really don't. Me neither. But hey, you know what? Hogan and I I are that. How do we work? families. I don't know how that happens. (laughs) There you go. Um, It's been a fantastic show, guys, honestly. Uh, Damn it. I I, I do want to interject with one thing. I just, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I do because this is this is breaking news. This is breaking news, Aids. Break it. It's going to be a joke. Okay, good. But no, it's actually, it's actually not. It is a, it is a warning. So apparently, God of War, uh, the ending of Ragnarok is starting to leak or will possibly leak tomorrow. So just have your words muted. Apparently, some YouTuber, I muted it very fast. I, I blocked them immediately, is doing an interview with the leaker discussing surface level the ending and uh they're already very uh you know i consider it as an absolute win it implies they're going to tell a story this time all right we're out (laughs) my god (laughs) so just you know just a warning start muting those words yeah i'm going to i i despise spoilers so anyway uh i'll try this a third time on your car it's been a If if a car is never mind, I'm not even going to get into it. Um, I was trying to goad him. I almost I know, got I know. it. Almost, <laughs> it was very close. I, I've been remaining calm today for the most part. Um, it, it's been a great show, Joe. Thanks for hanging out with us, man, and, and filling in. Uh, I get, I'm glad you got to experience the the Hogan Travis fun live. Um, uh, and always appreciate uh, the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. So please let us know where they can find that, find you, and anything else that you'd like to announce. 
Thank you, thank you. And you can find me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter. You can find the show on Twitter at PS Trophy Room. And you can find the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Whew. Over on Apple Podcasts, Google Plays, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast service of choice, you can find the Trophy Room there. And as always, I feel like I really didn't nail what the essence of Dan is. Stand back, try to <laughs> sow some seeds of chaos, and just, you know, just just go into the background. I, I, I think I nailed it. Dan, I hope you're proud. <laughs> he was commenting that he was proud of you, so he liked it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the creepiest thing. Dan is often in the chats on his vacations when he's not. Which is weird. Episode. Which is weird. <laughs> he's chilling at the lake, probably with a uh with a glass of something and some type of uh piece of food in his hand, I'm sure. That's how he likes to relax. Perfect. Certainly hit Sundays between eleven and one. <laughs> Hoke. Yes. Well, uh, people can find me as usual on my YouTube channel, uh, Hoag Law. We just did Lawyers and Dragons, really big episode yesterday. We've still got hangouts and headlines. We've still got virtual legality. We do this, of course, on the BitCast. I have a lot of fun being online, seemingly every minute of my life at this point in time. But if you're interested in that, or if you're interested in me just grousing about the quarterback situation of the University of Michigan football team, you can follow me at Twitter at Hoglaw as well. We're going to get back to work on Tuesday, but we are taking Labor Day off of content delivery. So see you then. There you go. Excellent. And Mr. Travis. Hey, guys. Uh, you can follow. <laughs> if you like the things that I have to say, you can follow me on Twitter at Travis. If you don't like the things I have to say, tell your enemies to follow me on, on Twitter. That'll show them. <laughs> Trust uh, me, follow Hoglaw. Tell them all Hoglaw for a counterpoint. Um, uh, yeah, I've got a review coming out next week uh, that is already done. It's been done for a couple weeks. I just can't talk about it yet. Uh, I've got a preview for a, an unannounced game also going live on Tuesday. So I've got two reviews going live on Tuesday. And then I'm also working on Disney's Dreamlight Valley, uh, which I'm hoping to get out the door and in your guys's eyeballs uh to my girls are next. pumped for that travis are you allowed to say is that should should i be decreasing the pumpage i will let you okay? decide for yourself because i'm going to send you a code clip that. someone in the audience clip that increasive yeah, pumpage, pumpage line i mean i think it's just you just That's right know. yeah yeah well, I, to I told your wife in chat during the show that I would get her code. So I'll let you be the uh, the, the decider on that one. Uh, but yeah, that, that we, we we got we got we got um yeah I know I talked to his wife. His wife is super nice, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Joe well, might be dead. Here's where here's where's, where's the gavel. I need the gavel again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, it, I, I can talk about it. Uh, we got codes super late. The codes came on okay. Friday afternoon. And so the game comes out on Tuesday. And so my review will not be live when the embargo la uh, comes out. That's sort of a joke that they like to play on me where they give me a code three days before the review. It's fun, isn't it? With embargo. And go, hey, do it. Yeah, and, and it's an Animal Crossing-like game where you have to live in the world. Uh, anyway, uh, so... Uh, but yeah, I, I can say so far that I'm, I'm quite enjoying it and it's, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So, okay. um, yeah, uh, that, that's, uh, my initial thoughts. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, see you guys next week. Love y'all. And then is <laughs> IGN.com or something.
Um, funny enough, uh, Travis, the game that you and I have been talking about offline that your review goes up on for, I think I just gave up on reviewing it. Like I've got so many other pieces of content to do. I'm like, I, I don't have another 10 hours to spend on this. I there really you go, don't. man. Hey, you can, you can get my unabridged thoughts and Hey, Ains, if you just want to put, you know, a link to my review as, yeah, as a I'll just talk about your it. Review. I'll say, Tra uh, Travis, Travis thinks what I do. Like yeah, exactly. Go over there. So, but here's the thing. Here's why that's a good strategy. Ains and I have talked about it. And I finished the game before Ains started and Ains mess messaged me and he was like, do you have a problem with this? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you have a problem with this? We just agree on a lot of it. I feel like I already wrote his review. He did. Yeah. Ago. I mean, like yeah. even as I was playing it yesterday to try and continue on it and it's not terrible. Right. And we'll talk more terrible. about it, obviously. But um, I was just like, I've got like five videos to do because i have a guess as to what this secret game is and i don't want to say we'll talk right offline here. but i have like so many things to do that i'm behind on because of vacation and other things i'm like this isn't worth my time <laughs> so anyway uh we'll look we'll joke about that next week when we can actually talk about it um but chat you've been fantastic today thank you everyone for hanging out with us really appreciate you um appreciate the, the generosity and uh, a lot of funny chats today so love seeing you out here every sunday with us and audio listeners you guys rock too thank you so much for your support as always Listening to us here on the BitCast, I'll do my Joe Spiel, where every Sunday we get together and we talk about all the things, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with industry, technical, and legal insight. Perfect example episode today, Hoke. <laughs> As always, thank you. We will see you next week. Peace.